This is Armor Attack world record holder John Salter. And since Whitney's been fired, I'm the new co-host. I'm Broken Token with my man Brent. Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. like to welcome everybody to this special episode of the Broken Token Podcast. And Brent, uh, with this episode, you were on the road, man. So you, you took the podcast and uh, you live streamed. So why don't you tell us what you got? Sure did, Whitney. I made a trip, a second trip for yeah, the podcast trip, right? up to the Place Retro Arcade in Cincinnati, Ohio on uh, June 28th. And the uh, the idea, the plan here was to cover Estel Goff and its world record attempt at kicker and he was going to actually combine that with a marathon if you will Mm -hmm. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't going to give john salter a run for his money so to speak but (laughs) he was going to see uh see what he could do in terms of uh extended play so saturday afternoon estel had actually started the friday before saturday afternoon i made my way up and uh had a couple hours in the arcade didn't get an opportunity to talk to Estel. Of course, he was playing. Yeah, he was busy. He was busy. Yeah. John was up there. John Salter was up there providing some moral support. Yeah. And, uh, Poking uh, and prodding, I'm po- sure. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, John joins us and gives us some, some color commentary, lets yeah. us know what's going on, what had gone on the night prior, and kind of lays out the game plan. We also had a, uh, uh, a special guest, uh, uh, David Buckman from pinballtoppers.com. And David, I hope I'm getting that right. Yeah. So we sat down and talked with David for a little bit, all while Estel was still playing in the background. Yeah. David cost me money, Brent. The, the, did he? Yeah, he's getting ready to. He's getting, getting ready to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, he, he, he was he was throwing out all the details on his, you know, his, his speaker kits and you know, speaker light kits and everything like that. And I mean, I went and looked them up and they're they're solid. He's got some very nice some products. Very nice stuff. And I don't have any inside information, but you'll hear it during the during the show we actually talked quite a bit about a way to adapt what he does into the arcade world and he was looking at some of the arcades that carrie had where uh, uh he could tie into things that would go on in the cabinet to have an interactive topper for various games so you know we talked a little bit after the show and it wouldn't surprise me if we see some arcade uh products out of uh pinballtoppers.com he may have to actually go for a new uh, a new domain name but <laughs> it would be sweet if, if some of the if some of the games that he was talking about in the broadcast actually come to fruition he's just gonna cost me even more money brent well that's what we're here for <laughs> that's what we're here for we're here cost you money spend whitney's money so i will go ahead and uh, the news is out by now uh while we were recording uh estel didn't happen to break the record but shortly thereafter he did break the record and i i believe it was 46 million and some change yeah and then he he shut it down at 50 million didn't he he, he, he stopped th- 30 hours 40 minutes he shut it down at 50 million even 30 hours and 40 minutes brent so a uh, pending verification estel has the uh, the kicker world record yeah. so yeah so congratulations to estel i mean that's quite the accomplishment uh you know to play a game for that long uh, that's that's a marathon machine so brent why don't we go ahead and take it and let's uh let's hop into that uh live broadcast Welcome, everybody, to this very special live broadcast of the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. We're live from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, at the Place Retro Arcade. And right on the other side of the wall for me, Estelle Goffinet is uh, going for the kicker world record. 
Estelle has been playing since, let's see, right now it is, let me check my clock, it's 1.39 p.m. Eastern Time on uh, Saturday the 28th of June. Estelle has been playing since Friday the 27th, yesterday afternoon at, I think they started around 11.20. Originally, they were going to try to get rolling around, uh, uh, excuse me, 12.20. Originally, they were going around 11, had a couple of technical difficulties with his stream, and uh, it put him off a little bit. And speaking of the stream, if you all, anyone out there would like to hear the stream, he is at twitchtv.com, or not tv.com, twitch.tv slash dk underscore madness. If you check out the Broken Token Facebook page, we've got links up there, and we've also got links in our uh, in our thread on Clove. So he's been playing um, all through the night. Uh, John Salter is here with him. John has, uh, we'll actually get John over here in a little bit to kind of refresh my memory as to what his times are. John has, uh, I believe it's the world record marathon play. I believe it comes in at like 84 and a half hours on a single credit. John did that on an armor attack not too long ago. So John's been here kind of coaching him, talking with him a little bit. Uh, on Carrie, uh, Carrie Chaney, the gentleman that, that owns the place Retro Arcade, on his, I believe it was his personal Facebook page last night, there was a picture of John crashed out next to a, a gauntlet on the floor here in the arcade while uh, Estel played on through the night. I was watching the stream last night around 11, 20, 11.30, I think it was, and I, I could hear John and Estel kind of going through the, the okay, you've, you've got this much time banked up, you can, it, well, actually, we need to get John over here, too, to explain the Guinness record uh, rules, and what you're allowed to do, how long you've got to go, uh, how you bank your breaks up, when you can take breaks, and, and kind of how all that li- lines out. Anyway, they were discussing kind of the, the strategy for coming into that midnight hour and Estel, uh, Estel taking a break, what he'd banked up, how long he'd been playing, and they were looking at his uh, his life count, and he was floating up in the the 240 range, and he was he was he was steadily gaining gaining extra men. And the the times that I'd actually physically watched them play, I hadn't seen Estel actually lose a man. He's he's pretty good at at playing kicker, the game he's playing. And uh, uh, they they started creeping up on you know late 240s, then crossed 250, and you know, it, it, this didn't occur to me, but after it happened, it, it made a lot of sense. W- when he crossed 255, it reset his life count back to zero. So apparently they'd only set aside, for, for the fellow computer folks out there, they'd only set aside one byte, eight bits, which will count from zero to 255 in decimal, for uh, for the man counter, and when he crossed, uh, when he hit 255, he he made an extra man at 256. It rolled it over to all zeros, and uh, uh, he had to keep playing because he couldn't walk away from it. So, my I believe he actually ended up playing on through the night till uh, um, I checked on it this morning as I was getting ready to come down from Louisville here into Cincinnati. And I want to say he took a break probably around 9.30 or so, 9 o'clock or so. He finally banked up enough men again so that he could walk away from the machine for a while and take a break. So, like I said, they're streaming live on Twitch TV. I, I would 
suggest to everybody if you've got the opportunity, if you go out there and just take a look at it and see what's going on. There's they're also streaming audio from that side as well. So as uh, Estel and John or any other visitors here at the arcade are talking, you can pick up exactly you know kind of what they're going, what their strategy is, and, and kind of get some insight into what's going on. Hold on, one, uh, everybody. Hey, Carrie, we go get a. Well, sit down here for a second. Are you in the middle of something? Oh, Carrie's always in the middle of something. Put the headset on there, Carrie. And can you hear me? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. You, is it is the headset high enough? Sir. One up a little bit more. Yes, sir. My dad's not here, Carrie. <laughs> Carrie's had a busy day. He's a. Uh, uh, where, where were you at this morning, Carrie? What's what city? Greensburg, Indiana. You were like an hour away. You were in. He was an hour away. So he brought. He brought Estel's kicker in uh, a few days ago, mm-hmm. and I know that you've got brought an armor attack back in for John to play a little bit. Yep. And uh, this morning you ran out and picked up a crystal castle. <laughs> yep. So Never it stops. It's <laughs> it's it's always a, a changing lineup. What else have you added since we were here about a month ago? I know the crystal castle's new. Ice cold beer. An ice cold beer. Get a little closer to the mic, Carrie. Uh, Don't be Cinestar. afraid. Don't be afraid of the mic. The mic is your friend. (laughs) So you've brought in a Cinestar, you've brought in a POW, and ice cold beer, beer, and then the kicker, that's actually Estel's, so that'll that'll eventually go back with Estel. Lethal Weapon 3 Pinball. Oh, Lethal Weapon 3 Pinball. I have not even had a chance to walk through the arcade since since I got here. I've I've been setting up for the show, so. Did you stay all night with Estel? No, uh, because... John didn't bring anything to sleep on, so oh, that was I let planning. him use my air mattress, and I just went home. That was planning. Yeah. <laughs> you brought an air mattress, and you lent it back to uh, to John to stay? Yeah. So he lived two minutes away, so it's not a big deal. Oh, that deal, works. So. That I works. just locked him in and went home. <laughs> I saw the picture that you had. Now, was that on your Facebook page, or was that on the Arcade's Arcade. Facebook page? Where, of, uh, of John kind of passed out. Yeah, with his perfect hair. A <laughs> <laughs> Carrie's hey, uh, uh, bring wheels of crystal castles in in the midst of all of this, and uh, he's already half disassembled it. I see the trackballs already out of it. Um, what? Do me a favor, run over and find John, and we'll have John sit down. I will talk to him a little bit about the rules and all that okay. kind of stuff. Okay. Oh, oh, and oh, give me the rundown. There's another gentleman here, another world record holder. What's? Give me the uh, rundown. That's on Bobby him. Wilson, uh, Super Puzzle Fighter, two, uh, uh, the American version. Holds a world record in that, and I believe he might have some console world records also. And I, I, I heard you all talking earlier about uh, a cabinet and a board. Did you end up, you were a button shy in the cabinet that you had it in? Did you end up getting that straightened out? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I brought it, but unfortunately I borrowed it from somebody, but unfortunately it's a Japanese version. Or he doesn't like that version. He likes the American version. Apparently it's a lot faster. Oh, the is American it? Version is it's too. This one's too well, slow for it, him. It, <laughs> oh, this one's slower. The Japanese yeah, version's yeah. slower. So yeah, but I mean he'll play it, but he prefers the other one. Okay, all right. Well, we'll t- fast paced. We'll talk to him here in a minute. If you don't mind, uh, go if. Go find John and his hair. Uh, okay. And we'll sit. And we'll okay. sit down. We'll talk to him. Okay. And then uh, Dave Balcom just came in. He's uh, he's with PinballToppers.com. Okay. So he's here also. All right. So. We'll sit down. And talk to him in a bit All as well. Thank you, sir. Yep. So let him run off and get John. I want to. I want to talk to John a little bit. Um, just kind of about the rules. I, I, when we last spoke to John, we. We had a little bit of a conversation about the time, uh, you know, that Guinness allows for uh, breaks when you do some kind of marathon event, and uh, we didn't get real deep into it. And I'm kind of interested now to to see how they can bank time up. And uh, I, I, like I said, when when he reset his his life, quote unquote, counter last night, I think he had an hour banked 
So uh, um, kind of interested to see how that works out. Oh, John's wandering by. He'll he'll be back here shortly. So Estel's playing away. We got uh, all the kids here in the arcade. If anyone comes through Cincinnati, I, I would really, really suggest that you stop in and, and visit uh, the place retro arcade really easy to get to he's got a lot of a lot of classic games a couple modern games he's got i'm looking at a maximum force right now and he has a uh, carry and his wife have a few consoles here uh for the kids and you know for whoever else wants to play i think there's a there's an xbox one over here i'm sure there's a wii he's also got atari 2600s so console stuff is is very well represented but right here in his front room uh, ice Cold Beer, Crazy Climber, Star Wars, Track and Field, and then the newly acquired Crystal Castle. And just right around the corner, right up in this front window, he's running a Tempest. So he's running two vectors daily. You can come in and play. So it's not a pay-to-play arcade. It's a, uh, it's a flat-rate arcade. You walk in, and it's a few dollars to, to get in the door, and it's all you can play. Everything's open. So not a lot of pin representation. Uh, Carrie, last time I was here, had... I think it was a Data East Batman. I'd have to I'd have to find out about that. But you know, there is a pin here to play. And John Yes sir, John, go ahead and sit down. You should be ready to go. Can you hear me, John? Can yeah. you hear me? Am I in there? Is that loud enough? Yeah. Louder? Oh, no, you're you wanna good. get all right, go and get into that mic. Don't Carrie's afraid of the mic. He won't get anywhere near it. Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. <laughs> we're recording, we're broadcasting, we're doing all kinds are of fun live? stuff. Yes, we are live. All right. Yep. Go ahead and adjust that wherever you want it. Make, make yourself at home. So uh, I kind of gave everybody a little bit of the intro, uh, what I have seen go on thus far. And for every, oh, let me give you a proper introduction. John Salter, and go ahead. You know, you know better than I do. I've talked a little bit about your, your marathoning record. So what's your marathoning record? Uh, marathon record is uh, Armor Attack, 85 hours, 16, 16 minutes. Uh, something. I think that's 85 hours, 16 minutes. Well, I had you shy. I said 84 and a half. Oh, come on, man. You yeah. Can't, you can't I mean, you're going to go that far. You're <laughs> going to go that far. You're going to go ahead and do it. <laughs> yeah. So have you uh, played any Tron while you're here? I understand that you're uh, you're you're respectable on Tron. Yeah, I have the uh, third highest score ever. Actually, I upped it since last time you were out here. I did, I did 8 million a couple weeks ago, 8.1 million. I was 1 million uh, points away from knocking Don Hayes uh, from the number two spot, which is probably about another hour and a half of play. Yeah, I think the last time we were down here, you, you, you'd you come by and you'd ask how long till we were going to start, and I think we had about an hour, yeah. and then you just said, okay, well, I'm going to wander over Tron and put about a million on it, yeah, and yeah. that's what you did. <laughs> well, at 8.28, the score's still on there, so <laughs> I had to come over to, for the for – the, well, I know, I, I, that's right, I did I, I had 9 million. I wanted to get all nines across the top, and I uh, mistakenly shot an extra grid bug, which flipped it and you know knocked me down to 25 points. So that didn't give me the highest score, even though I did a million – yeah, it doesn't know that. Exactly. Didn't, it didn't register. But, yeah, Tron, Tron's really the game. Um, well, they got me back into the hobby. Like, you know, everybody was playing Donkey Kong, you know, when the King of Kong came out. So so I did the standard. I, you know, started playing Donkey Kong, and I got a Donkey Kong cab and told everybody, like, I'm not trying to build an arcade. I just want to play some Donkey Kong. Then the next thing, I had a crazy climber, then Tron, and then it all, oh. all went downhill. Well, at least for my wife, it all went downhill from there. It went, you know. <laughs> I, I've, I've, if, if I've heard, oh, I'm just going to get one or two games once. I've heard it a million times. Yeah. So, I, I was telling everybody that that last night I was watching the stream, and uh, um, I heard you all discuss. Speaking of flipping, I heard you all discussing uh, Estel having time banked up, 
and okay, you know, you were working on strategy, and he crossed that 200, the the now known 255 life limit on kicker, and rolled it back over to zero. So yeah. then he had to go ahead and play it on through. Yeah, that was a bummer. So what's what's the what's the ground rules on? On on the time, you know, if you're doing this marathon, you're all doing this by um, uh, what is it, Guinness rules, yeah. correct? Yeah. So what's the uh, uh, how how does that all break out? Okay, so basically you get for every hour that you play, you get a five minute break, uh, and you can accrue those five minutes up to an hour. So you can take the breaks whenever you want. Uh, so if you have ten minutes, you know, banked up, you can use it to do whatever you want when you want. But for the most part, when doing these long marathons, like when I did the armor attack and Essel doing this uh, shooting for 50 hours, ideally you want to, you know, get up to an hour. And when you hit that hour, take it if you can. And because of the, the issue there is, say you play 16 hours, well, you can only get a max of an hour. So when I did my armor attack marathon, I had it perfectly calculated out that I did not waste one minute of gameplay. Like every minute of gameplay that I had gave me some type of break time. You know, because, so, like I said, once you hit 12 hours, you're capped. You're, you're at the maximum one hour. So if you play 16 hours, you still only have an hour. So that's kind of the rule, you know, you go by is, is the five minutes per hour with the max of one hour. Uh, the issue that Estel ran into is when he, he, he rolled his life count right at that 12-hour mark. It was like 11 hour, 11 and a mm -hmm. half hours. So now he's down. At one point, he was playing on his last man. Yeah, I, I was right before you sat down, and actually – let, let me uh, even mention this to everybody that's listening. The Everybody that listens to the Broken Token podcast, they know that it's myself and, and Whitney Roberts. Whitney, unfortunately, was not able to make it up to Cincinnati today. So um, kind of as, as last time, Whitney Whitney is here, but he's here yeah, in spirit. Well, that's a funny thing. He was, <laughs> he, he was here, but he didn't do too much talking. His, his voice was done. We just, we just released that show, and uh, I got to go back and uh, uh, listen to the front side of it again, and it, it, he sounded worse than yeah. I remember. Poor guy. Well, I think I can fill in for him today. I just, hey, what do you got? There you <laughs> well, hopefully, if I've got all this, uh, all this strung together correctly, we, we can get him to Skype in, Skype in later. I've actually, oh, that'd be cool. Uh, actually, he just sent me uh, an IM, and it just says, "I was hurting." <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Last night I, I was. I, I told him I was going to hijack a spot today. Oh, that's fine. I messaged him yesterday. I was like, "Hey, I was like, this, this is my audition tape." So, that, okay. <laughs> you know, you know, if this works out, we may, you know, we, we may actually have to take the Broken Token podcast a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> I, hate, I, I hate for Whitney to, to find out this way, but you know, it, it's radio's hard, hard on you. Yeah. So. I was watching last night around, I think it was around 11.30 or so. Yeah, that was right about when he rolled it. Yeah, and I, I had it I had it on, and I was doing some stuff around the house, kind of getting actually ready to come uh, come here. And I walked back over because I wanted to see what a score was setting at. And I kind of stared at it, and I thought, wait a minute, something's wrong. Because I, I looked over to the left, I had been watching his, his life count jump up. And I think when I first flipped it on, he was around one or uh, 230, and I could see him going to 240. And then... I don't think I caught him actually cross over into 250, but with that last time I made it back, you said he was on his last man because it goes blank in that field. Yeah. <laughs> and I heard him go, oh, wait a minute, I think we've got a problem. Yeah, I can't remember exactly how he worded it, but I know I, I, was, I was standing almost exactly where we're sitting now, which is probably about... 10 feet away on the other side of the cab and he's like a, he's like i think, think we have a problem with the machine or i can't remember the, the way he worded it and i remember thinking oh no because i 
in my first armor tech marathon the button started when that button started going bad it was like the sinking feeling like you know this is the beginning of the end so i went over there and the game looked perfectly fine screen was good he was playing and he's like he's like i don't have any more men and i was like well how many did you have and he's like well, i was like you know 255 i was, and like, I was like, oh. I'm like yeah i was like well it rolls and uh, by the time the funny thing is by the time i got over there and you know we kind of realized what was going on he had already gotten to one 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 extra man mm-hmm. I mean, so it was pretty quick i think he said it's about two and a half to three minutes to to get you know to to, to gain a man exactly seventy thousand points i think so while we were talking and kind of discussing that he probably rolled at the 256 by the by the time we got done talking he'd already got another man but he he had he had to play three minutes on his last on his man. last man after having been yeah what, almost 12 hours 10 hours he was 11 and a half right 11 and a half right, hours right, pretty close, right around and, there and the 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 funny thing was is i'm watching it and I'm getting nervous, you know, because I know he's, you all have already invested quite a bit of time in this and energy into it. And when when I saw the life counter go away, like you, I was like, okay, what's up with the board? And I'm trying as best as I can to watch the sprites to see if the board's starting to have, starting to flake out. That's the first thing I, the first thing I looked was straight at the monitor and like, examined it closely (laughs) (laughs) and he he's just like it's okay it's good and i mean he was as calm as could be and just kept playing through it that was the because i'm i'm mr overreact knee-jerk reaction guy Mm -hmm. just watch some of my armor text uh stream anywhere between the 35 and 72 hour mark and you'll see a a madman (laughs) but um i I, when i i was panicking when i walked over there but i I try you know i was trying to stay cool because i don't want to run over there and you know like oh my god what's going on and and uh it was the funniest thing because I'm just my mind's going 100 miles an hour. What can be wrong on the board? Just like you're saying, yeah. You know, looking for anything that could possibly be wrong, and everything looked perfectly fine. And when we re- when we realized we rolled at the 256, he just laughed and kept playing. It, Meanwhile, I'm freaking out inside. <laughs> well, I, I once once it kind of started to count, count you know, he it, I th- was maybe you asked, okay, when does it start to go back to numbers? Because up to so many men, it just shows a little icon. Yeah. And he had he had to answer down just answered you and uh, you all were doing the uh, uh, okay you know now's a good time to take a break and you are having that conversation and get ready to turn that corner and then you turn it around and now he's got to basically play oh here he just comes walking through he's taking a break uh he's smiling he's all right he's Games? oh yeah okay. he's I'm, I'm okay I'm in panic mode again <laughs> yeah we just went in panic mode we're Estel just comes walking I mean. through he. he <laughs> He, he's so he's so calm and, and I'm and, I'm way more on edge than he is right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you that. I, I saw him come through and I thought, okay, we're well. He did something. He did this. I didn't know what that meant. I thought that was the end. I'm yeah. like, oh, wait, what happened? So yeah. <laughs> oh, he's cruising along. Yeah, I, he's got he's got a way better disposition to do these marathons than I do. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I, well, that's why I was talking to Joel West because the the two marathon the two Armor Tech marathons that I did me me and Joel or I shouldn't even say me and Joel I. Yeah, because he, he Joel's done tons of marathon. He you know he's he knows what he's doing. He knows the ins and outs, and we end up you know, kind of bickering back and forth a little, you know, because you got two strong-willed personalities mm-hmm. there. And uh, and I told him I was like, you know, in the next, I was like, I'm I'm thinking, I finally, I I, I think I've got my emotional side. Except for me, that's the hardest part. Is is you know, and everybody's different how you handle it, you know. And I was like, I think this the next marathon I do, I believe it will go. I'm hoping to have a lot more fun. Because I had a blast after seven. After I after I hit the armor attack, the world record, I actually had a blast playing the rest of the marathon from the 35 hour mark till I got that world record. I was a I was a basket case, um, and so the next time around, I'm really hoping that I can be a little bit. You know, I'm gonna take some tips from 
from Estel's attitude here and hopefully have a little bit more fun and not not take it as, as serious, you know. Well, you say that. I've uh, I have tried to do that in, in things where I know I'm a little under pressure and it's like, okay, look, it's going to end up as it's going to end up. Yeah. Try to, but it, I'll tell you right now, John, it never happens. Yeah. It, it's a you 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 can put your you can think it's going to happen yeah. that way, but it's not going to happen <laughs> that way. Well, you know what's funny because watching you set up, I have a, I have a DJ business and I do all the setup for you know I have a buddy that helps me out, but he's more of the of a mic man, you know, so. I go in and set everything up and I tell him, I was like, don't even talk to me when I'm setting this stuff up because there's that whole stress period of getting everything set up. Do I have all the equipment? Is it going to work right? And I'm, I, and then when I came in to ask you if you need some help setting up, I knew what the answer was going to be because I've been <laughs> in your shoes, but you know, you have to ask a friend for if they need some help. Oh you know? yeah. Oh no. But I, I knew understand. you were going to, I knew you going to tell me, no, I got it. Cause what am I going to do? I'm just going to slow you down and get in your way. You yeah. Know? I, well, you, that, it's, Usually Whitney and I travel together when we do this, so he's got a few pieces and and I've got a few pieces. And you know, we'll have to take a picture of this since I'm I'm running the board. I've got a, a machine recording. I've got a machine uh, for like internet browsing, and I'm actually doing some IM stuff with Whitney. And we're gonna tr- try to actually Skype him in for a minute. And then I've got a machine streaming, and it's it's difficult when you can't share that load across. And I know some of it right now isn't perfect. So if folks out there listening to us, they're actually hearing us a little high out of one channel. Oh, okay. One side, I have no idea why right now. <laughs> and it just got to the point where we're just going to roll with it. You know, yeah. we're, we're recording and we're going to release this as a podcast. So uh, folks that are listening, great. And then down the road. So now you mentioned uh, Joel West. Yeah. We, Whitney and I were just in Cincinnati. We're in Cincinnati now. We were just in Atlanta for the Southern Fried Game Room Expo. And uh, Joel was down there, so I didn't get a lot of time with Joel. Oh, he's he's and a great guy. I, I mean, we're really really good friends. We talk, we talk at least four or five times a week. And I didn't realize he was he was mar- kind of in that marathon. Oh, he's the man. He's like you know he's at least in my opinion he's the man. He's the guy. I mean he's, I think he's done more marathons. He's either done more marathons than anyone else, or he's at least done more lengthy marathons than anyone else. That's me beeping if you hear that. I'm actually yeah. trying to Skype Whitney in here. We'll see if this works. At, at one point, I believe Joel did two marathons, two 40-plus-hour marathons back-to-back, meaning with eight hours sleep in between. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's the man. And uh, and all his marathons don't involve sleep. Uh, he's a frenzy is the game he marathons. Because mm-hmm. Joel's, you know, Joel's a specialist for sure. I mean, Berserk, he's not the world record holder Berserk right now, but he held the record long enough and did enough innovative things and played that game to a high level that I, I still would consider Joel the man for Berserk. Actually, I take that back. He did get the record back. He got the record back um, almost six months ago. And I believe he got it back by some ungodly mark, like 80,000 or something, which is a lot because Berserk is, you know, it's a tough game. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough game. Yeah, so, but he, but Frenzy, um, which is, you know, the sequel to Berserk, uh, and he marathons that, which that game you can't walk away from the machine. Um, for more than a couple minutes because you lose your men so fast. And it caps off at 256. I believe it caps off at 256. If it doesn't cap at 256, there's an issue with the game that when you hit 256 men, I don't know if it's the fact that it's displaying all those men on screen, kind of like asteroids will slow down just because it's displaying mm-hmm. all those men, but the game gets glitchy. It, um, the, the the joystick won't work. Like You'll, hit, you'll go right, it, it'll take a second or two to go right or left it's like a buffer overload Mm -hmm. so you have to stay under a certain amount of men to be able to efficiently control the character so even if it doesn't roll 256 you don't want to go over 256 and it might even be less than that i'm not an expert on it but but just that's just kind of proving the point there of, of how 
you can't, you know, you have to be on that game. You can't walk away. You can run in the bathroom really quick if you want, but you're going to lose a decent amount of men. And even playing the game, you can get into, you know, a mode to where you might lose men back to back to back depending on the placement of the robots in the room. So he plays that game no sleep, straight through. Um, and I think he's done 50, I believe he's done 55 hours, 54, 55 hours um, straight on the machine. So, Hey, uh, Whitney, were you able to join us? Are you in? I guess. What's up? Oh, there he is. I can understand you this time. Can you all hear me okay? I that can sounds hear good. you. How, how's oh, things? Excellent, excellent. Yeah, it feels it feels good to be back on the show. Well, I mean, it is part of your show, so it's at least for now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, if, I, if John takes over, I know it's in good hands. So no, <laughs> that's not a problem. Well, he's he's comfortable. He's laid back in the seat. He's got a microphone adjusted to exactly where he likes it. He's, I got he's my feet fo- kicked. I got someone gave me a little footstool here. I'm like relaxing. I didn't even get a footstool. Yeah. <laughs> So well, if you can get 85 hours in a game, we'll get, we'll get you one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we met Joel in Atlanta, and uh, um, uh, your name come up a few times, John, because George Lutz was, was in Atlanta as well, Cubert uh, player, marathoner. And have you all traded back records? Well, yeah, well, I, I took the longest game played in a single quarter that – on the Armor Tech Marathon, I took that from George. He was the guy that had the record before me. He had okay. 84 hours. And that that may have where you got the 84 hours earlier. Okay. He had 84 hours, 43 minutes, I think, was his was his time. That may have been where I've got And it. I was, you know, slightly over that. <clears throat> Whitney, did we lose you? You're still with us, buddy. But I know George really yeah, well. Yeah, George- I'm not- oh, Go ahead there. I don't no, he's a... Uh, 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 <laughs> Uh, no, I, my, my my connection faded out, guys. I, but it, it dipped and it came back. I'm okay. Sorry. I, out here in the in the boonies where I live, internet is a challenge. So. <laughs> it, it's it's uh, uh, it has its positives and its negatives. And you know, to be absolutely honest with you, uh, not having internet uh, all the time, I don't know if I would rule that as a negative. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes sometimes it's it's yeah, entirely it's, too uh, much of a distraction. Yeah, it's it's split fifty fifty on on any given day. But John, you said you said that you know Joel pretty well because yeah, I, I was really impressed by his. You know, while we were at the Southern Fried Game Room Expo, I was just really impressed by his kind of, you know, homespun attitude and his, uh, you know, just he, he just. Just very plain speaking, just he just seemed like a really, really good guy. Oh yeah, he is for sure. He's. I said we meet him become. Um, I, I met him when I when I first. When I first got introduced to this whole scene was at uh, Richie Knuckles Arcade in 2011, and it just so happened when I went down the, to the arcade for the you know Richie Knuckles Invitational, they had, you know Joel West was there, Rick Carter was there, George was there, David Cruz was there. I mean, there was there's a lot of big names there. They, they, there was actually a little, there was I think three or four games being marathon. Then they also had the regular contest going. So Don Hayes, I mean, all the top gamers. <clears throat> I shouldn't yeah. say all of them, but a good amount of them were there. So I'd met Joel there, and then at the Kong Off 2, I uh, started talking to him a little bit more, and then pretty much from the Kong Off till this day, we, we, we talk, I mean, three, four times a week. Oh, speaking of records, before I forget, you know, um, has Estel crossed the kicker record yet, the world the, record yet? No, we're thinking probably at the around the 26-hour mark, which I think he's at 24, 25 hours right now. So probably in the next... 
Oh, he's a couple close. hours, you know, three hours, two, three hours. So what is it, like 48 million? 46 million, 200 and some odd thousand. So how are you uh, tracking the number of times as he rolls, or is that part of the recording that has to be submitted? Well, it's it, yeah. It's, well, it's definitely recording, so that can be submitted. Um, I don't think you you don't have to send anything in with the recording. You can just send the recording in. The, at least that's the old TG rules. Um, I don't know how they're going to do it now, but right. like with my arm attack record, I'm going to have a sheet to go with it with all the timestamps. But right now, every time he rolls it, he's just marking it off on the sheet. Oh, I got you. Know, you. So, so it, okay. at least at a minimum. Yeah, I, yeah, I was kind of go ahead, Whitney. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say I find that pretty interesting because with you know, with Twin Galaxies changing hands like it has, I was just curious what the you know, what the differences were between the score submission processes uh, versus back in the day. So you know, John, it sounds like you guys have got that fairly well worked out. Uh, you know, with you know, with making sure you're covered on the video and the in the documentation and everything. So, uh, so yeah, that's neat. Yeah, we're still in the dark on. I mean, they haven't released anything on submissions yet, but I mean, it, it kind of comes okay. down to you know, using you know today's technology and you know in combination with some you know common sense techniques of just writing it down too. You know, because on a long game like that, if you can mark with the rollos, I mean, they're gonna have to watch every you know second of that of that broadcast that right. you send in, but it's it's nice for them at least to have something to go by. You know, mm -hmm. to to know when the rollovers. Yeah, I guess are you're be. right. I mean, if if you want to be technical technically correct about it someone will have to sit there and if it's 50 hours they'll have <laughs> to man you know I'm, th I'm thinking back to stuff that I've got recorded on my DVR that I've got to catch up to I can't imagine trying to watch but I mean if you're going <laughs> to yeah. step up and do it that's what you've got to well, do they got a nice 85 hour one for me coming in too so <laughs> I mean Estel should send them both in at the same time we'll give them a, we'll give them a 140 hours of <laughs> video to review so, so what are you doing this summer I'm, yeah. wa I'm watching armor attack <laughs> So you're thinking in here in the next I was going to say that that would be something that would kill a day job. Yeah. <laughs> so here in the next couple hours he should cross that. Yeah. He should cross that border. Yep. And he's going along going along good. He said, he said he feels good. I I knew once, you know, once once daylight kind of popped in the window and people started coming to the arcade and the games are back up, I was hoping it would, you know, rejuvenate him a little bit and he I mean I I took a I took a nap earlier and by the time I woke up he was already on his break taking a nap. So I don't know what shape he was in before that, but when he got up, he told me he was feeling pretty good. He, just, he wanted to take a break, you know, because his shoulder was bothering him a little bit. And he had been playing for 21 hours, I think. So, so hey, speaking of, um, you had gone through uh, your modifications to a control panel for armor attack. Yeah. And you you were using the the buttons. What were the who were the buttons for the Utilimark? Um, they were the. I don't know if they were from there. I. I it was the the micro leaf buttons. It's, or? it's the same guy that's the same place that sells the. Um, uh, oh shoot, I can't think of the, the iPad. Name. No, it's the. Um, it should, it, 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 shouldn't that would be Ultimark? Ultimark. Maybe it's all. I think it's Ultimark. Uh, yeah, I always say Utilimark for yeah. some reason. Ultimark. And I think they. It's the same place that sells the. Yeah. Um, oh, I, sh I can't think of what they call them. They're like the, 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 the they're the. They the, got they're the push buttons, but they have. They're like his classic arcade. I, I want to say it's not the groovy buttons. What the heck? Groovy Game Gear? No, that's not from. No, that's not from there. Well, regardless, yeah, the, we'll yeah, find yeah. It. I think it's. I think it's Ultimark. I think that's where it's from. So did is is he running? You know, I, I saw it look like a Hap Super or uh, competition joystick. Yeah, what, what's he doing for controls? Oh, you know, I didn't ask him. I did notice that he had the the, the joystick looked like it was you know, it wasn't an original or for that game, but I, I didn't bother asking what it, what it, what he does have in there. I know the the buttons and everything are original, but the joystick, you know, I'm I'm not sure. And for for people that 
if you well you can really can't even tell it if you're looking at the stream if you look at Carrie's Facebook page he does have a picture of the cabinet it's actually I think kicker was only a conversion I think it was just a kit I mean don't like hold a, looks like a stern cabinet it to me, is Brent. it's a scramble cabinet it's a scramble cabinet <laughs> and the the whoever yeah. owned it before yeah. them they just they put like that generic uh, well that may be the original kicker artwork on the side that little square yeah there's a little sticker on the side but it's right. directly over top of the old art yeah and you can still see the old art coming around the edges of the sticker exactly they just put the whatever was in the kit the art on the side of it and yeah. it's still got um from what i saw the bezel still the bezel still scr- still, still scramble. scramble and the control panel still yeah. scramble <laughs> so it yeah. may still have the the, the leaf switches in there that the stern put in it yeah, well, the, the yeah, I, the joystick I, is definitely not original. That looks like a fighter stick or something. Yeah, you know? it kind of looks to me. It looks like a, like one of the Hap Supers. Or okay, one of, the, one of those style of sticks. Oh, so. man. But yeah, I feel sorry for Estel on that. But hey, John, I was curious, what all did, what all prep did Estel do for this? I mean, did did he follow a lot of your <laughs> from, guidance heard, that you outlined on, well, on our he, previous show, or heard, did he just here, did he the, just get up and you know, I, I grab something he, to eat and have at it, or what? I heard he got up at seven a.m. yesterday. Here, here's the prep he did for the for the the marathon. He put gas in the car and drove to the arcade. <laughs> no, oh I'm, I'm not. No, I, I take that back. He he, he did. Um, I, I, you know, he he missed a few things, and um, but I think the things that he did concentrate on were the right things. Uh, the the big I don't want to say mistake because I, I didn't do any research because when when he rolled the 256 men, I had thought before he started the marathon that he knew the ins and outs of when the men roll and all that, but um, he he didn't know that they rolled a 256. And to be honest, I don't know if anything but there's only two other guys I think that have played the game that far, you know, to where you would roll it. So I don't even know if you'd be able to find that information if you did search and ask around because there might only be two guys that know it. And a lot of these guys don't, you know, are you know pretty tight-lipped about things that go on in these games because they don't want to give anybody else any type of advantage to beat their record. So that to me, that was the only right. really, really open thing I saw. That's like, man, that's something I probably would have drilled as many people as I could to know when that those guys roll but you know it's kind of hypocritical for me to say that because I ran into the same thing at armor attack I had 980 men and I had to burn off a bunch of men because I was scared it was going to roll at 1024 because oh, nobody knew if there was if a it was limit gonna, yeah and Dwayne Richards is, is the only person that I know is still alive that has played the game as far as I have played into it um, not single player but double and I don't think that he even re- I don't think he remembered it where it rolled at um, and that leads me to believe that it didn't roll because if it would have rolled, I guarantee Dwayne probably would have remembered. So it probably doesn't roll at 1024. The game is all the other calculations in the game are based on 12 bit. So that means that the life count should only roll would, would have rolled at 4,000 men, but I didn't want to take the chance. So I didn't know either. And, um, it's one of those things. I mean, some of these games, very few people have played this far into a lot of games like yeah. kicker after, so, uh, after I know. saw that happen last night, John, I was, um, I was thinking, you don't think like you said. You don't think about it till it happens. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. And then even at that, from a, like an a, an IT like a, a programmer's perspective, you know, you tend to think in in, in regular uh, bytes, like eight bits into a byte. But that wasn't always the case. Like you just said with Armor Attack, they were it was based on a twelve bit system, and that's yeah. kind of where their barrier was. And I I was thinking last night, it's like if I ever thought of doing something like that, it. First of all, I don't even think I could just stay awake 
for the for the amount of time that you all stayed awake, let alone focus on something that that long. But I'd have to try to figure out a way in Maine to go in and, and figure out where that was stored, or just just try to figure out how that was done so that I didn't run into that because you really genuinely truly do not know where you're going to cross and where yeah. you're going to kind of be out of it. I I so felt for him last night when I when I walked back and saw that. My heart just sank because I knew he was in it for another 10 or 12 hours. Well, when we talked about it on the phone a couple of days before, I, you know, just to confirm I was coming down and, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, we were talking about, you know, how, how long it took to accrue men and all that, and we we're calculating out. And I'm like, man, you know, if, if you accrue men, it was sounding like um, he accrued men pretty much on, almost on the same uh, schedule, like armor attack. I would get like about 65 men per hour. And he, and he figured that's what it was. But he actually miscalculated it was about half of that. But either way, I figured, well, man, you know, the longer you play, the more men you're going to have. And you're going to, even though you take a break and you lose men, you're still going to keep accruing men. And they're going to just slowly build up even higher. And so I figured somewhere along the line he was going to have, you know, five, six hundred men. Of course, it's before we knew it rolled at 256, <laughs> you know. So now we're sitting there with one man, you know. So, um, Well, I know, heard you all last night calculating even – did, did you all do a test like the rate of the average rate of loss so you knew what is yeah and that was even a little bit off and it was off to a good he, he he was saying it was 13 seconds when it's actually 17 and that might not sound like a big deal but when you're when you're burning off hundreds of men mm-hmm. that extra four seconds per man is going to give you a few more you know minutes on your break oh yeah so it, it, it looks like as right now I, I the base we're going by is third you're going to get 30 minutes per hundred men. So if you got 100 men, you know you can you, you can take a 30 minute break. Obviously, you don't want to burn all those hundred off. <clears throat> so I think the goal right now is to take a break, like with a, you know 120 men, maybe depending on how he feels. Maybe take a break at 150, then you can get about a 30, 40 minute break, and that's all you really need. And to be honest, it, it comes down to the person. Um, Did he sleep? You mentioned he yeah. slept. You've I think you mentioned that you couldn't sleep when you were doing yours. Yeah. That, well, it's not that, it's not that I couldn't sleep. I just I couldn't fall asleep as fast as i thought i you'd think that like oh i've been playing this game for 70 hours i'm gonna as soon as my head hits head hits the pillow i'm out my head hit the pillow and i just laid there you know and i just and i almost think it was the stress of putting the pressure on to fall asleep was keeping me from falling asleep so um he is uh i guess he came back was that did you see i didn't see him walk back yeah yeah he walked okay. by, yeah it was shortly right. after yeah but he, he slept. I don't know how long he slept. I mean, he laid there, looked like he was sleeping, but I don't know how long he did sleep. But he got a, he got almost an hour break. So, so. D- did you ask him? Has he had? He, he seems like speaking of asking him, it seems like he's he is focused on playing the game, but he can still just he can talk and carry on conversation. Yeah. And he, he earlier he asked his wife Erica to come over here and ask me if I knew about a burger joint that that has a franchise down in Louisville. <laughs> I'm like, is, isn't he busy playing a yeah. game? Well, according to him, the game is easy. I, I can't last very long in that game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one thing nice about it. It seems like at least for him the game is easy enough that he can enjoy himself, talk to anybody that comes by. And I think he was only losing when he first started out a man an hour. He, you know, he was only losing one life per hour, um, which was, to me, phenomenal. You know, that's that's that's. Well, I was going to ask you that. In the time that I got to watch him, um, I, I didn't sit down and just watch like an extended amount of play, but I never saw him lose a man other than when he was taking a break. Yeah, I, I, and I rarely saw him lose one either. And then when the, uh, you know, what's funny is I don't know if he is 
maybe putting on a little bit more of a of a front than what's he what he's really feeling inside. I don't know, but I he, when when the score when the when the men count rolled to zero, um, I mean he rolled with a fine. Was laughing about it, but um, I did notice. I think he went about. I think he said he went almost three hours without losing a man. So I think there was a little <laughs> bit of motivation there after that. You know, I think he played a little tighter, and I, you know it is the. The game is so easy for him. He, he can play it loose and have fun and not worry about losing a guy here and there. But I think when that rollover happened, it was like, oh, damn. Yeah, now, it's serious now. I, I've yeah, lost some. I can't take a break for a while. Every man that I lose is, you know, 17 more seconds I have to play, <laughs> you know, before a break. So I think it. I think he kind of, you know, stepped it up a little bit. But uh, Bobby Wilson is, was here, and he's, he's very good at that game. And Bobby was actually said he was pretty amazed at the pace that, that, um, that Estel's playing at. Score wise. So, uh, Whitney, are you still with us, or have you, we lost you? Oh, oh yeah. Now, oh, hey, no, no, no. I'm here, John. I was curious. I was curious. Are are you um are you going to play any kicker after this is over? I mean, have you had any experience with the game? <laughs> just yeah, to, just kind of back in it. You know, ride sidecar with Estel <laughs> on this or what? Well, I think I'll I'll defer all the the kicker uh, gameplay to to Estel. I mean, after I, watching him play, I. I <laughs> I feel like I don't know how to play video games. <laughs> I'm terrible at that game. Have you, <laughs> have you have you played it, Whitney? I know it's on the it's Shaolin's on the, Road. Yeah, on it's the on the sixty and one. And yeah. I'm not sure if it's on the thirty eight and the four the um, the prior versions of that board. I'm yeah, sure I don't know. It's it's on the sixty one though. Have you played it, Whitney? Yeah. I have not. I have not. I mean, I want to look into it now because every time I hear about somebody doing a marathon attempt at a game, it it really kind of piques my interest in the game, uh, at least for a little while, just because, you know, if somebody's going to devote the effort to it, I kind of want to check it out and see what's going on with it. And uh, th- this is one that I'm going to have to look into more. I've never, ever played this game. Now, I've, I've played it on uh, on a multi-cabinet I've got at the house, and it's not the best uh, It's not the best deck to play it because I think it really needs a, four, a good four-way stick. And I've, I've got one of the, here we go again, Utilimark, Ultimark. Uh, you know, I've got one of their sticks, and it's a good stick. Don't get me wrong. It's um, um, You actually convert it four to eight-way on the top of the control panel. So, like, you, you pull oh. up on the stick and you turn it. All right, so you can't have a, a classic grommet in it because of that, that turning action. And uh, uh, it's kind of limited as to how it centers because the stick wants to rotate. So it's magnetically centered, and it just... I mean, it works great. It just oh yeah, that's that's a, that that magnetic that that stick isn't cheap either. No, no, it, it works yeah. great. It just has a different feel. You know, yeah. even if you're if you're used to either a micro switch stick or if you're used to a classic uh, a Wicko four eight way stick, it just has a little different feel. And if you haven't played that particular cabinet at my house in a while, it takes a little bit to kind of get back into it. But yeah, I've played it there, and I'm I'm with you. I wasn't very good at it either. Yeah, I think the fatal mistake that we yeah. make when we're playing it is that uh, it, he doesn't get any power-ups. He's just jumping and kicking. Oh, uh, well, I saw some of the power-ups <laughs> where it's got, like, some kind of ball. That yeah, yeah I mean, every once in a while I think he'll accidentally grab one. He'll use it. But, you know, if if there's one in the vicinity that he can get, he avoids it. Huh. Because it slows the point progression down for him. Oh, does it? Yeah, if you, I guess when you jump and kick an enemy, you get 1,000 points. Every other way you kill him, you only get 500. Oh, well, you so, to maximize the points. Yeah, yeah exactly, absolutely. yeah. Oh, so, yeah, Brent, that that stick that you're talking about, that Ultimark stick, it's it's called a mag stick. Yeah, that's it. And I've I've got a couple of them at, at home. 
home here as well i've used on my first mame cabinet build and it's a good stick but it's it's very ratchety Mm -hmm. and you have to kind of fight it a little bit because it always wants to return to center so i mean it it is it's a great stick but it's not one that i would consider that you could really really get a lot of good action on for any type of uh (laughs) i I mean i may get some flames on this but really serious gameplay i I just (laughs) i just don't see that stick as being always good for that i I always want to check one of those out because it's it's the magnetically centered stick mm-hmm. correct that's yep. hence the mag stick yep yeah it's I, was, cool. I was looking at one of those and i was yeah, like yeah I, it's cool but i wanted yeah, I, mean, I wanted to actually play you know some game plan before i invested the money because it's 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 one of the higher uh, dollar sticks for sure and i think uh, um yeah it is it is i think you get a ball top for it yeah now. i was gonna say you do you can get either a ball top or a bat top yep. you can swap that you can swap the main stick out but for me I, I think it's good as a utility type of stick i don't know in, in a general purpose stick where where it will serve a lot of purposes, I don't really see it as being a competition stick. Yeah, well, that, that's you know, but that, that still might be good. My sixteen one because my sixteen one is just there to for people mm-hmm. to jump on and play all the different games. You know, I I, I would never do anything. They would, you know. they would love that. Yeah, so maybe I'll maybe because there's yeah, a yeah they they would like. That. I don't know, are you guys familiar with Holland Computers? They're yeah, they're, I, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's right by my house. Oh, is it? And they they've got a massive stock. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's like five minutes from my house. So and he has those in stock, and I, I was I was looking at them the one day, and maybe I'll maybe I'll give one a shot now because because I, I wanted something I could switch from eight way to four way without going underneath the the panel. You know? When uh, uh when we were in uh, uh when we were in Atlanta, we did a a panel discussion with uh, Jonathan Leung from Arcade Repair Tips, and he had speaking of Holland Computers, he had one of the little converter boards that you would you could take a, a an output from. You know, pretty much any of your your arcade games and your raster games, and convert it up to. I think it even went up HDMI, so you could do you know VGA out. You can do a composite video out. It was just it was a multi in multi out type converter. And I got looking at those, and Holland is actually oddly enough who I was looking at because yeah, they carried it, and they were they had the best price on. I think it was like thirty bucks. Yeah, I mean that when I you know I first got into. You know, working and doing repairs and and messing around with the sixteen one stuff. Cause I wanted to, to get one sixteen one. A buddy of mine who does a lot of Jamma. All, everything he does is pretty much Jamma. He does have a, some classics, but usually he just flips them. And um, he's like, "Go to Holland Computers." And I knew Holland Computers just from them being a computer place. I had no clue that they had the whole arcade division. And I'm like, "What Holland?" I mean, because that place has been there forever. It's in, it's in the city next to the city I live in. So, uh, uh, you got a buddy, and he mainly flips uh, classics. How, how old is he? <laughs> is he a little, is he a little younger? Than yeah, that? yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he'll he'll get a hold of the classics and he'll just you know get them cheap and just buy sell them for you know double or whatever to make money off them to fund his JAMA conversion it's a JAMA stuff. obsession. Yeah, you know, so he's 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 well known known enough that you know he'll get people calling him every once in a while. So there's a lot of our audience out there going yeah, and a lot of. Uh, a lot of them out there going no, <laughs> no. Well, he doesn't strip them down and destroy them and turn them into single yeah, ones. Good. You know, he he knows a good machine when he sees it, and uh, he'll you know he'll get it cheap and use it to make some money to fund his. Uh, you know, he does a lot of the Mortal Kombat, you know, conversion stuff like that. So Whitney, speaking of classics, Whitney, did you hear the very front side of the show when I was kind of giving a breakdown on uh, as to what's been going on here? Yeah, I did. I did. Did you hear Carrie? Uh, Carrie wheeled a Crystal Castles, uh, a dedicated Crystal Castles in, and uh, it looks pretty good. I yeah, think I was. I was talking. 
Yeah, I was I was talking to Carrie about that yesterday. We were kind of messaging back and forth on it. And he told me that he was getting it, and, and he told me what he was trading for it and how how the series of trades had gone on. And I, I think I responded back to him. I said, "Dude, it doesn't matter what you traded. You, you came out ahead because <laughs> uh, it, it's it looked to me like a like a pretty decent looking game, and that's a fun game, kids." I think kids will like it because they'll you know, they'll walk up to it. It's very very colorful and spin the track ball and you know the, the characters are kind of you know kind of kid friendly and everything. It, it, you know I'd like to have one. I, I think it's a good game. What's well, a good looking dedicated? Um, he uh, he's going to put a marquee on and a control panel on it, which is you know they're they're out there. They're reproduced. It doesn't looks like the speaker panel and it's really really good. And he's actually already put a little bug in my ear for uh, for, for folks that that aren't aware there's some pretty good crystal castle players down in the louisville area <laughs> so uh, well, i heard uh, you're gonna play with your foot later <laughs> today yeah. no 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 <laughs> I, I try to stay on the ground as much as possible anymore i'm getting a little too old for that <laughs> so 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 brent was carrie uh, was was carrie trying to hit us up to uh, to talk to somebody or what well i think there there might be an in that he's already got and then um then i know a uh, uh, this sounds very this this sounds very undercover, doesn't it, John? It's like you know the stork flies upside down at midnight. Yeah, you know? it does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah. rolling with. That. I have no idea what yeah, you guys dude, are getting we, at we here. Can't, we can't do that, man. We're, we're, we're yeah, we're we're supposed to stay. You know, we're supposed to say you know on the top on all this. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there, are, John, there are some really good Crystal Castle players down in Louisville. Uh, some, uh, I guess, record holders. Is that fair to say, or past record holders? Are we not allowed to say this person's name? Because well, I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about yeah. here. <laughs> oh no, it's it, it's 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 Mark. It's Mark Alpha. Okay, I mean, everybody, everybody. Well, that's where the, the that's where the knows, foot, you know, the Mark foot joke is, came from. Mark is know? a Crystal Castle player extraordinaire. Yeah, I have Mark's. I bought Mark's uh, 1983 Crystal Castle World Record videotape on DVD about four years ago. Yeah. So. There was yeah, to watch him play is pretty amazing. I mean, have have you seen him do it with his foot? Yeah, that's why I was saying earlier. I mean, Brent, he, Brent's going to take over the foot it, record. And he rolls it good. <laughs> I, I've seen uh, um, I've seen like quick little snippets of it, but I've, I'm gonna have, I didn't realize there was a DVD. Yeah, well, it was from it, it, it's when he got the world record in '83. So it's like you know old an old VHS conversion to mm-hmm. a DVD. So well, he's usually. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't been to any marks. Uh, his keg competitions in a couple of years, but I know usually those competitions he'll have his DVDs out there and sell them. You know, try to kind of make some money to pay for the you know travel and that for the competition. So, well, a couple of years yeah. ago, yeah, I've, go ahead, I, go I've ahead. been. No, I was going to say I've been to I've been to two two of his keg uh, tournaments, and yeah, he always has the uh, DVDs out there to sell and everything like that. And he, he's got quite a few interesting DVDs. I mean, he has. You know, a couple of uh, Steve Weeby with uh, some right at million point Donkey Kong, uh, Donkey Kong games, and you know, just you know, just various interviews and you know, just kind of bits and bits and bites, I guess, kind of put together. But you know, when when they're all strung together, the the DVDs are actually really interesting to watch. So he's got some good footage because he knows a lot of people. So um, I, yeah, I would I definitely plug those. I mean, yeah, they, I think I have every single one money. of them. He's got he's, he's got an interview at Weeby's house, so it was pretty yeah. good. You know, so. Now, now here's the other guy, um, not at the Louisville Arcade Expo this year, which was a few months ago. A year ago, so what was that, Whitney? Was that the third expo? We uh, there was a there was a uh, yes, it was. The, 
Yes, the third. It was the third expo. Okay. There was a there was a Crystal Castles conversion that I had. So you know, Atari put out a kit to convert a couple of their existing games to Crystal Castles, and one of the conversion kits was on Kangaroo. So I had this Kangaroo cabinet and had, you know, a, a purpose-built control panel, trackball. I mean, it was an Atari conversion. So op- some operator converted it, and I had it in my lineup, enjoyed it, and it kind of made the short list when it was time to go to make some room. So I took it out to the expo for for sale sign on it. And as it so happened, it was the, oh my gosh, this is the game that I loved when I was younger. You know, that story that we've all heard <laughs> yeah. a million times and the story that an unscrupulous person really doesn't, really shouldn't hear because then it's like, okay, well, uh, well you turn your, you turn around and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to change it from add a zero on yeah, add a zero on it or change a zero to an eight or something like that. <laughs> So anyway, uh, this guy, and he's, I'm 41, and I think he's in a, to be honest with you, I want to say he was probably in his his early 30s. He was younger than me, so he played the game somewhere else other than on location back in the day. Loved the game, took the game home, started playing it. I run into him in Nashville at a game auction a couple months ago, and um, we shake hands it's not you know like like you mentioned well i'm just gonna have a game well no his he just started buying games and games <laughs> and games and here he was he'd come all the way up to nashville out of louisville it's about three hours to look for more games and uh he said mark actually he and mark had actually talked because as he had gotten so good at crystal castle he'd started putting videos out and then people started reaching out to him you know because the community kind of finds finds it one another and I can't recall where he told me he fell, if it was third to fourth, somewhere in that range, or if he was actually wanting to submit a score. I mean, he was within, you know, that 12-month period or so. He had already he'd already learned the game so well that he was he was up there in, in terms of play, playing ability. So I don't know, you know. Uh, yeah, it's, well, it's, you know, the thing is, it's one thing I've noticed, is, at least for me, is, you know, if, if it's a game that, that was your game, and you really loved when you were a kid. It's the mo- the motivation to get good at it, good at the game is is a lot higher than just you know tr- trying to get good at a game to to brag how good you are at it. You know, what I'm saying there's a big difference. So you know, it doesn't surprise me that someone's like, hey, that's the game I used to love to play as a kid, and you get a hold of it, and and it's for some. You know, I think it's the fact that you don't have to put quarters in it. It seems like like I'm better at the games now than I was then. But I can play over and over again without having to put quarters in, you know. No, so, I, well, so I'm, there's a limited funds being able to play that much, you know. I'm worse, but it's probably uh, um, it's probably more in my own mind that I was just better back then because <laughs> I was younger. <laughs> you know, kind of like the kind of like when I have some of the some of the family over and the kids. <laughs> yeah, the kids. Well, I was I was going. I wanted to ask John. That, and that's an interesting statement. Go ahead, Whitney. I mean, John, do you feel? Oh, hold on, like Whitney. Your, do you feel like your reflexes? You're breaking up. We're losing you, Whitney. This, and this is why we we really didn't want, you know, long term when Whitney and I sat down and did the Broken Token podcast, we said, you know, we've really got to not do Skype. Yeah. Or you've got to move closer to civilization. <laughs> you know, he, he's only had... He's only had flush toilets for, I think, you know, 12 or 18 months. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of... <laughs> we'll try to get him yeah. We've had it for at least a couple of years where I'm at, so you guys are really behind. I'm get- <laughs> yeah, we're, well, it's Kentucky. He's yeah. asking me if his last question made it. So I'm going to tell him no. I think he's back, though. I think we reconnected. 
Um, I, I, he was asking about your reflexes. I mean, I, I yeah. Guess, can you hear me? Yeah, there you are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's my question. Um, I'm just kind of curious, John. Do you, do you do you feel like your reflexes have have kind of dropped off a little bit over the years, or or do you think it's just because you know people say? Do you think it's just because? Because the time that people don't play the games, do you think that really attributes to it, or, or do you think age has got has got a big factor to it too? I hear a lot of people say oh, I'm not as good at that as I once was, and I'm just kind of curious what what you feel attributes, you know, what you feel attributes to that. Well, I don't think it's. I, I think, you know, I, Joe West is a pretty good example. Um, I mean, he's still. You watch him play Berserk, and your reaction time in Berserk has to be really quick when that screen comes up because you might have a robot. Right, right in front, in front of you, of you. Yeah. yeah, and you have to know exactly what to do, what angle to shoot, which way to move. I mean, there's a there's a lot you need to know, and you know he's in a, he, I think he's in his mid fifties, and I mean I don't see a loss of, of of reflex there, and and I asked him about this. I I I firmly believe that people are better like people are better at the games now than they were back in the eighties. And when I when I first make this statement, you know, some people start to get upset. You know, like oh, you know why would that be or for whatever reason but and i don't mean it i don't mean it in the case of they're better players in general i think they're better players because of the fact that we can play the games over and over practice longer have the game in your basement and i think you are more analytical as you get older and you can break the game down better than you can when you're younger just as, as you get older, I just think you get, I don't want to say smarter, but you get, like I said, I'm way more analytical than I was when I was a kid. I never would have sat down and, and, and broke down and came up with that armor attack strategy like I did for my marathon when I was 14 years old when I used to play it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why the g- gamers are better now than they were then. Like, I, and I told Joel, I was like, Joel, do you think you're, because he got mad when I said that, you know, like, almost like dissing the old gamers <laughs> like the gamers today playing playstation are better than the gamers back in the 80s i'm like no that's not not what i mean i mean I, and i specifically asked him i was like do you think you're better at berserk right now than you were back in 80 82 83 whatever that was and he's like oh yeah without a doubt and i was like that's what i mean i think Dwayne richards is a better gamer now than he was back then john salter is a better gamer now than he was back then well it just you know having come up in that generation the the kids today they were basically raised with with devices in their hands you know not too long ago i was i was sitting you no know, this this is a, a a giant leap in terms of age and you know if we if we're talking strictly you know teenagers early 20s this even kind of still applies but my nephew was sitting next to me he's 8 and he had a kindle and he was playing minecraft and it was like full 10-point touch. There was stuff flying everywhere. There were things going on. He was shooting flaming arrows. He was bringing out menus. And it was it was literally like watching some kind of Japanese anime to me. <laughs> I mean, it was completely... He was he was oh, um, trying to get Whitney back. There we go. Whitney, you back? And he he was... It was amazing. When we were... I, are you back? When, when we were coming up, we didn't have that. I mean, w- when we first walked up to a video game a lot of times that was our first kind of experience it was all new to us you know we were we were out kind of playing ball in the yard you know we didn't have any kind of skill set like that now we've had the 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 little bit of a lifetime so to speak to kind of develop that and yeah i can see definitely being a better gamer i can play today even though i'm still terrible at pretty much any game I'm a little bit more analytical. You know, I won't get as excited, per se, when the when the next rack starts. I'm like, okay, where's in Berserk? Where's all the guys yeah, at? Exactly, where am I yeah. at? You know, 
Um, I, I can see a little bit of a difference, you know. I, but you know, you know what's funny is my, my you know my daughter she's growing up with you know the smartphones and all that stuff, and uh, I'm actually teaching her how to play Armor Attack. And now how old is she? She's 14 now. So the the but the thing I think is funny is that with all that multitasking ability and the you know and growing up with those devices, she still like. Armor Tech, it's similar to something like RC Pro-Am to anybody who's, you know, playing Nintendo games. When you're, it's a button game, not joystick, and either way, even if it was a joystick, it wouldn't matter. You steer left and right, which means you rotate right clockwise when you push right and mm -hmm. counterclockwise when you push left. So when you're going up the screen, it's normal. Right's going to turn you right, left's going to turn you left. Mm -hmm. When you come down the screen, it's opposite. Mm -hmm. And she's, she's had a really hard time with that. So there's still, you know, there's still a little bit of a of a, you know, difference in learning curve of playing the games as opposed to the like mm -hmm. like Minecraft. The difference there I think is your multitasking ability, the ability to to open those windows, grab this spell, still walk around, shoot this guy, do that. But your the, the hand-eye coordination in in respects to orientation and, you know, on screen and mm -hmm. that it, that's a different skill, you know. So there's still I think skills that that those games gave you that these smartphones and stuff aren't. Have you, uh, um, well, you're talking about the uh, um, um, armor attack and then kind of that special relationship of coming down the screen and effectively reversing everything yeah. from your perspective, but it was still correct from perspective of the, the, the car, the, the yeah, character. I, I was thinking, too, uh, um, when I was younger, I, I did quite a bit with RC cars. Same thing, yeah, model airplane, same thing. And uh, I, I learned that right off. You know, coming towards you, right is left and left is right. You've got to figure that out. And yeah. it's the difference between making a turn or destroying your, yeah. your model. You know, <laughs> there was physical there was physical and financial repercussions. Yeah. <laughs> well, model airplanes, when you're flying back, that's the first, that's a big thing everybody has a problem with when you're flying back at you. Exactly, everything's opposite. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, but, but you know, it's funny because I, I, I knew that teaching her how to play Armor Attack, the hardest thing for her was is going to be able, being able to drive around efficiently being able to navigate the screen which is a major part of the game obviously yeah everybody you, know? can hear, you can hear skype just freaking out yeah, the dog barking in the background <laughs> there you go yeah it's it's my connect it's my connectivity guys that's the issue I oh, that, that's you sound really good right now yeah it definitely sounds good now so um yeah so that's cool. a, to me the main thing was you know the the driving around and i, I was and you were saying, what you were saying, you're how old was your nephew? I'm 41. Oh, my nephew's There's eight. Eight. Now, see that that's that age to where, I, the less you think about, it, the better. You know, your kids don't think about; it. they just want to play. Yeah. So he would catch on to that difference in driving up and down in probably 15 minutes. Yeah, in no you know? time. The older you get, the, <laughs> the harder it is yeah, to break the, your yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, but you know, eventually you, you'll do it. And I'm going, you know, kind of we got kind of got sidetracked a little bit talking about reaction time. Um, at being older, I don't. I don't feel right now my reaction times, like as far as like hitting the button and all that, is, is slowing down. But I know that my 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 fingers getting sore after playing for a while. You know, mm -hmm. is that I notice that. You know, like I like my hands don't, you know, bounce back from doing certain things the way they used to. It takes to. you a little longer to heal with. Yeah, but I'm, and that's why I was getting back to Joel West. Joel West, he's fifty-five, I yep. think, and he's he's his reaction time in the you know the game is. Is still good, so I, I mean, somewhere along the line, it's going to diminish. I mean, that's just uh, life, but I don't know where that is. It depends yeah. on the person. But yeah, I, I don't buy the whole thing of you know, I, you know, I can't play these like I used to. 
because your reaction time has slightened, I, slighted or whatever, gotten less, whatever word we use there. <laughs> but um, I, I think it just comes down to, it's like anything, you have to play to keep that, you know, that, that skill going. So uh, someone else that we had met in Atlanta and kind of going in that world record vein, David Cruz was there. I appreciate and I, that answer. <laughs> I know he's a, a he is a, a he's a Tron player. He's my my arch rival. He's your arch rival. <laughs> he's also one of my one of my best gaming friends as well. So. <laughs> arch rival. <laughs> <laughs> so he mentioned it, it, I I heard him say this. Very and, very approachable guy to talk to. Yeah, very great guy. All of them were. Was, George Lutz was there. He was a, he was uh, uh, awesome to talk with and spend some time with and. Uh, Walter Day was there, and uh, Billy They're Mitchell was there. So late back. So, what day? I heard David mention this. It, it, it was a side conversation, and the first person I thought of was you. David said he, whatever term he uses, he basically plays by the seat of his pants. I can't recall what he, he's not a pattern player. I think that's that's actually the way he put it. So, and then he said something about a chair pattern or something in Tron. Or, so what is, what is this? All, how do you play Wait, it? What did he say about the chair pattern? I, I, want, I want to hear this, though. Oh, no. I think we're... Uh, that, oh, no, trust, me, trust me, me. Dave and I are great friends, so I'm just curious I'm, to what he's... I, I th- he said that he'd never used it. Yeah, okay. That, that's, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was like, oh. That is correct. I didn't. Yes. I was yes. like, what was I stepping into, Whitney? I didn't. <laughs> no. Oh, no. He uses it every time, and I've got video and pictures to show it. Oh, no, no, I got no, this no. graph paper he sent me back in 84. No, 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 no. no. You, you were, you're, no, you were fine, Brent. Yeah, you you, you did quote early. Yeah. He, oh, he's told me that before. He's He told me he's never used it. Are you asking what the chair pattern is? is yeah, that right? well, what's the chair pattern, and how do you play? Are you playing by patterns, or are you just playing – do you do you understand how how they tend to move? Kind of like understanding the ghost and Pac Man and just, just no, no, not, well play. the chair pattern is Tron. And well, yeah, yeah, yeah oh, but oh, okay. I know some people play Pac Man by patterns, and some oh, people I, know the ghost behaviors. And okay, they'll yeah. play that way. Well, well, um, for Tron, there's two ways you can play the game. Um, I use a combination of both. When I first started playing it, when I was talk, talking to Donald Hayes, when I before I even got my cab, Don was telling me that he, you know he plays a lot by sight recognition, and I'm sure he counts. It's not really counting boards. It's more of situational awareness, tracking what board you just previously played to know which one's coming next. Uh, that's a big thing with Tron. If you're going to want to, if you're going to play um, into that 10 million point range, you're going to need to know the what, what boards are coming up. So, and, and is that what boards are coming up? Is that a matter of understanding, like when you initially start Tron, you've got the four directions, but you don't know initially which is where, or well, the, is it a diff- difficulty yeah, progression? The, well, there are. I, I'm, I'm, I, I can't believe I don't know this off the top of my head, but there's the board. They go in sequence. The, the, the light cycle, the light cycle board and the tank boards run in parallel. Okay. So when you get, say, uh, light cycle board five, you're also gonna have tank five. Okay. And then the, the, the cone and the grid bugs run in parallel, and there's one more tank light cycle pattern or board than there is. <laughs> cones Cone and, and, grid, and bugs. grid bugs so they alternate so you never so you can't know exactly what four versions are going to come up for each one because they're going to alternate because one's off so when they cycle they they pro- progress gotcha. by one you know what i'm saying it's, yeah i've explained this very well so for me I, I i i track the i track the tanks and the light cycles i don't care about the the uh, cone and the grid bugs because those i can play by sight recognition i don't bother you know, you don't you don't care which ones. I could care less rotation. which one comes soon, because the grid bugs you have 
four or five seconds, it shows you which one's there, then the board starts. The cone starts automatically, but as soon as the cone makes one click of rotation, I know exactly which cone it is and which and where to stand and where to go. So I, I, I do that 100% by sight recognition. The tanks and the light cycles, now you really need to, need to know which one's coming up next. Although I can play both of those by sight recognition, it's a lot harder, um, and there's more. you have more room for error. On the tanks, if you know which which tank level is going to be next, you can prepare to make the move you need to move the move you need to make right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And the light cycles as well. If you know which which light cycle pattern is, you just do the pattern. You don't like. I don't even watch the light cycles. I don't. I could care less what the what the enemy light cycles are doing. I just do my pattern, which is the chair pattern, seventy five percent of the time. There's five light cycle um, boards. And the chair pattern I use for three of them, and then there's two other patterns I use for the other two. Now, one of the two that are different on that particular board, if I, if I don't know which light cycle board is coming up next, I'll, I'll default to the chair pattern and watch the light cycles. Within the first second of the light cycles movement, I'll know which one it is, and I can modify either keep running the chair pattern or run the modified one pattern. So uh, the chair pattern, you base, you just kind of draw like a chair. Yeah, I, I think it's called a chair pattern because it looks like a chair. Basically, you're you're already you're you're already pushing right before the the board starts. As soon as the board starts, you go over, you, you, and you go. You know, you have the grid. You can yep. actually see the mm-hmm. grid. You go over three blocks, go up four blocks, um, go right, almost all the way to the right. You want to leave one little track trail to the right, so the the enemy will go down there and crash into the wall. And then you come down, and then you turn left at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So in essence, you're making what looks kind of like a chair. Gotcha. And so what's funny about that? I I, I, I had I never heard oh, the I word see. I never heard the word chair pattern in my life, and that was I tried to come up with the universal pattern when I when I got my you know trying a couple of years ago. I thought there's got to be a one pattern that will work for every single light cycle board, and then that way you never have to worry about learning another pattern. And I I played for hours and uh, I could not come up with a single pattern that worked for every single one. The chair pattern works for all but one, and uh, and I I just came up with that pattern. I know if for some reason I always went right, even when I played it in the eighties, I always go right and box myself in, then hope they all crash. And I realized that that doesn't work when you're playing later in the game because it's too hard to box yourself in when the other light cycles are moving so fast. Mm-hmm. So I I went right and I went up, and I noticed every time I went up. You know, they they would follow me up, and then I could come down, and by the time they would catch up to me, I'd be at the bottom, and I could just go left. So I just made. I used to do a different version of it. And I came up with like a tighter, quicker version, and that's what I used. I was like, hey, I came up with the almost universal pattern. So then when I started playing it, um, and I hit like the 2.5 million range, I started talking to David Cruz, um, just to tell him like, hey, I'm getting pretty good at the game, blah blah blah. <clears throat> We became pretty good friends, and he mentioned, he's like, oh, I see you use the chair pattern. I'm like, what's the chair pattern? And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I didn't realize. I, I just I thought <laughs> I, I, I thought I invented it, and here's <laughs> something everybody's been using for 30 years. So, <laughs> uh, Well, I didn't know such a thing existed until I until he mentioned it. Yeah. And I, I've got a Tron. It's one of those things that I need to pull out and kind of get rolling. And it's, you know, once you have the game in front of you, then you try to tend to learn more about how to play it a little better. Yeah. So well, yeah, I'd never heard of that. I don't. The chair pattern won't. The chair pattern will only start working at level four. Levels one through three, I don't think. I mean, you probably can do some derivative uh, derivative of it, but I don't think you can do the exact chair pattern. I my, for the first three light cycle levels, I have totally different patterns than I use in any other part of the game. So do you just 
the, the first couple levels, do you just play those by the seat of your pants? No, he doesn't. I don't think he doesn't play the game. I, I don't. I, mean, I don't know if he explained that wrong, but I, I know for a fact he does not play that game by the seat of his pants. And, and I'm sure I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean he can't. He he can. Well, I mean, it's, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I wish I was in on that conversation because I, well, it's, it, it's, it'll be out there. Yeah, I, it's, actually. Um, oh, you, this is on the on the. Yeah, on everything. Oh, okay. Every it was now. The more I'm thinking about this, um, I say it was a side conversation. I heard, kind of heard bits and pieces of. That is partially true in that he it was a conversation that was held during one of the panel discussions at the Southern Fried Game Room Expo, and I didn't run. Whitney got was able to run some panel discussions. I was involved in one, and all the podcasters did one. Like uh, all of us got together and did did a panel of our our own, if you will, uh, late one evening. But I kind of did a lot of the back kind of in the shadows type stuff, just kind of organize, getting people together, and then uh, anything I could do to help the guys. I mean, I was yeah. glorified. I was I was a glorified runner, and I was happy <laughs> to do it to help them out. So a lot of things I heard, it was as I would dip my head into into one of the panel rooms, and I'd hear a bit a bit piece of it, and then I then I come back out. So I'd be willing to bet he's talking about the one hour games because he's been doing the one hour. He's been trying to do um, break the one the one hour record, which I think he has. So I think he's just trying to. I think he's trying to do nine hundred thousand in one hour. All right, I think I think Whitney's got something he, because he, in, in his one hour games, he that's fly, he flies by the seat of his pants in the one hour. Does games. he? Yeah, you can't run the standard patterns in the one hour games because they take too long. Uh, Whitney and I have de- have uh, devolved back to uh, sending text messages <laughs> now. This is like writing. Uh, um, uh, it's like writing notes back in high school, you know. <laughs> So Whitney, <laughs> are you still on? Oh, he's back. Yeah, yeah. We're still talking about David Cruz. Signal. Yeah, I'm 99.9 percent sure he's talking about the one. Sorry yeah, about that. One, one, the thing one I hour. Say game. is I. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say I, I'm when I first met David, it was at Mark Alpiger's tournament up in Chicago, at uh, Jim Zespi's location at, at Logan Hardware, and I watched. I. I watched uh, David play Tron, and I'd know who he was the very first time that I met him. Uh, someone told me who he was, and then I had to go back and do some some research on, you know, kind of on his gaming resume and to watch him play Tron. I mean, he, I mean, he he is a machine. He's the he's the greatest there's, there's Tron no player walking the face of the earth. Doubt about it, but you know, John, I mean, I've watched you play in your machine too. So yeah, David, the stuff that David, I mean, I can play the game straight yeah. up. Um, you know, like at world record caliber pace whatever but the stuff he can do other than than playing for tournament settings or whatever like the one hour his one hour game is incredible the 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 light cycle patterns that he has and he's i mean there's nobody out there that's going to ever play tron that won't use at a high level that won't use his techniques um and on the post 256 boards it, it runs the same four levels you know light cycles grid bugs all that it runs the same ones over and over again once you hit 256 and the light cycle pattern he invented it and everybody will use that i use it i've know? been doing i've been doing a little uh, uh behind the curtains orchestration here what was the the post 256 board what did, okay what, what is when, it a rev or something well, no. When you when you when you hit level, oh oh, you, I'm thinking the hardware board. You're talking about the actual boards, yeah, like yeah, the racks that you play. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, okay. yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. that, no, that's my fault. Like yeah. I said, when I, you, when you hit level two fifty six, it just loops the same set 
over and over and over. I got you. Okay. So if you can, um, if if you run boards, you can do that in four about four or four and a half hours. So if you can, if you get good enough at the game where you can run boards um, to level two fifty five, then you've got a great chance at that point of <laughs> maybe getting you know anywhere from five to ten million to get the record. Then you're talking marathon stamina at that point. I think we're going to have somebody else actually sit down here and join us for a second, Whitney. Uh, um, so, I mean, David's pushed that game to – David's turned a – you know, what Tron's a, th- a three plus one. The three men, you get an extra guy t- at 10,000 or something like that. I think it's 10,000. I mean, he's turned, a, he's turned a max four-man game into a marathon game. And uh, not an easy game either. That's the amazing point. That's the amazing part about it. So um, – for, we got a, a a new a new guest here, Whitney. We've got a gentleman by the name of, and I'm going to get your name, your name, your last. How's the headset, by the way? Can you hear? It? Just fine. Yeah. All right, hold on. Let me turn your mic up a little bit more. You got to kind of get into that. You got to you got to like the mic, man. You got to love the mic. <laughs> Make the love mic. to the mic, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whitney and I. Uh, I can bring a little closer. There you go. That's fine, so and it'll adjust up as well. So, uh, you're and help me here, David. David. Bacham. Bacham, and then. Are you are you local here in Cincinnati? Um, close. I'm about sixty miles from Cincinnati. Okay, so it, you looks like you own a company by the name of PinballToppers.com. We, we actually, John, we do pinball here. All right, I'm out here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, do, we, I do both. So <laughs> we, we had a, we had a similar reaction up in uh, uh, Whitney and I were like the enigma in Atlanta. You know, we had we had arcade podcasters and we had. Uh, pinball podcasters, and then never the two shall meet until we yeah. walk into the room. So, so and then there was us, and then yeah. there was us. So, David, what you've walked into is this is uh, uh, the uh, Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. I, I don't know if uh, I'm uh, familiar can, with it. Yeah. Can, oh, are you? Are you? Yeah. Are you a listener? Or have you just checked us out? Sometimes. Sure? Okay. You know, I'll, I'll hear. I'll hear. Hey, you know, they talked about this, and then I'll go there and listen just to hear about it and stuff. But. Unfortunately, due to my work schedule and timing, it's really difficult for me to sit down and listen to anything for a long period of time. Um, I'm just really busy with work and the company and family and just living. So. Oh, well, we understand that. I know I do most of my listening, um, in, all, in all honesty, at about 45 minutes at a, at a stretch, walking the dog in the, in the evening. <laughs> so the folks that I listen to, um, we, uh, uh, I completely lost my train of thought, which which is a terrible thing to do <laughs> when you're streaming live <laughs> and you record your show because yeah. you can't go back and edit it out later. So, uh, Carrie mentioned that you were you were making some toppers not only for for pinball games but for some video game stuff. I am going to start making some for some arcade machines. My hobby started uh, 20 25 years ago, and I started out doing arcade machines and collecting those. And then I put a few pinball machines in the house and started collecting those. Um, and just through some local friends who have a lot of pinball machines, I started making toppers for them, and uh, they really love the work. And uh, you can check out the toppers at pinballtoppers.com if you're interested. And uh, Kerry, I met up with him and hung out at his arcade, and I said, man, this is great. You know, I do these pinball toppers. Would you be interested in me making a few for your arcade machines? And, uh, yeah, he said, nah, that sounds great. So I started making a few prototypes. I know they can't see it, but there's a Donkey Kong uh, LED topper that's going to be coming to this arcade pretty soon. So in uh, can I, I just have a quick question for us uninformed. What is a top pinball um, topper? <laughs> a lot of pinball machines, when they were made, they'll have uh, like right on top of the the head is what they call it, the back part of the pinball machine where the back glass is. Uh, on top of that, there'll be decorations and stuff. A lot of companies put them up there. They'll just be little signs or they might be you know, light up signs that do functions and stuff like that. So a lot of 
pinball machines already have these from the manufacturer where arcades never really did. Uh, I think there might have been a few throughout history, but for the most part, they didn't. So I think so that's this is almost like something skipped. setting on the flat top portion. It is, of just like, like uh, that Star Wars. Okay, gotcha. That's you. kind of a homemade okay, example of a topper. Yeah, and that's all they are. They're decorative pieces and uh, become really popular in the pinball collector world. So and thought I'd branch out. We'll see how, the, how it goes for the arcades. Have you, John, have you seen, this was a couple years ago, someone on KLOV. David, ha, look, let me even run this back around in a circle. David, you're, yours are laser cut on oh, Lexan or some kind of, how they made. I do those. I also do aluminum ones. Um, most of mine are done with aluminum. Like, I have to uh, get you to send me this picture. Are they normally just like a sign or are they actually like a 3D type? They could be. Let me see if I can find you. <laughs> like a 3D Whitney, printer there so you can actually do Whitney, like 3D Whitney, ones. Whitney wants to beta test a topper. If there's any chance you can pull up the website, you can actually go there and take a peek at, at some of them. Well, I don't know if you can the, do that. Here, what's you get, the, yeah, you got like 75 computers in front day. of you there. Brent, can you get one of them? Share one. <laughs> Give me a – what were you going to say, Whitney? Yeah, da- hey, David, I'm, I'm going to take a look at your site. I'll be more than happy to beta test an item that sits flat. That's no problem. I can do that. <laughs> okay. And now are you your pintoppers.com? Pinballtoppers.com. Okay, I see. So we got so they're more than That's an interactive topper. That there is for the the Pinball Machine Roadshow. Uh, it sits on top of it and it doesn't do anything except sit there and look pretty until you achieve multiball. Once you achieve multiball function, the lights start rotating and they go off throughout the multiball function and they cut off. It's so it's not necessarily topper. Some are interactive, some are static. Oh, that's signs. pretty But it's cool. not necessarily relevant to the game. So if you, it's it's it, 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 it's not there's not like a specific Tron topper. You could get any cool looking topper that you think is cool and somehow integrate it into an achievement on the game. It would be more difficult with with the arcade machines. Uh, with yeah. pinball machines, they have a lot well, of. No, that's a, I'm sorry, that's something like a Tron LE pinball. That's what I was getting. Like a, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. There's some. Okay. Out there. There's several out there for that one. Okay, so it's fact. not so like if I, a topper would be. I mean, anything in general. I want to. I mean, I could have. You a volcano a, shooting well, something. Sure, yeah. Okay, I thought I thought these were in reference to like the manufacturer for Tron. They made a topper that no one ever bought and used, the Tron pinball, for instance. We'll say, and you can get the specific one dedicated for that game. I'm, you know. Not, oh, I got well, you. Yeah, yeah. This, and, and this, some games, yeah, there was even sure. on the video side. Some games, the manufacturers did make these toppers, and, and the idea mainly. Some of them would integrate with the game, but a lot of time it was just to really draw attention. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. And now in the collector community, it's become a, uh, it's become a modification. You know, yeah. there, there's very popular, very very popular. Lately, yeah. Now there was um, a, a someone on Clove. This was probably two, maybe three years ago. He had laser cut black light um, reactive topper for the Tron arcade game. Okay. This was several years ago, but this was before the pinball game, so I probably even got my years because the pin's been out a couple years. Yeah. And I th- he had a recognizer, and it was in, like, orange, and then there was a light cycle that was in blue, I think, and it was cut out to that shape and uh, then kind of laser etched to kind of give you the depth and, and the feel of what it was and had a foot on it, and you'd run a, a, a bolt out of your marquee bracket, and they would stand up on top of your Tron. So it probably looks similar to that. No, it wasn't one piece. I see what you right, yeah. but he's got to kind of cut around the characters. I know exactly who did that. His name was Joe from Laserific. Oh, okay. Oh, Can that I see was that Joe. One? Yeah, I did not yeah. realize that. You know, that's funny. You know, Whitney, uh, Whitney will probably key into this real quick. Joe from Laserific. I, I actually that's had cool. a. I, I hesitate. I was going to say run in, but run in usually denotes something negative. I had a very positive experience with Joe from Laserific in Atlanta, and uh, uh, let's just say it. 
it started with an injury on my part and ended up with basically Joe kind of taking care of me for a short period of time. So uh, uh, that's kind of the tease for, for our next live, you know, not our next live, our next studio recorded podcast when we break down the Atlanta story. And uh, uh, you can... So the, the Florence Nightingale effect is no, that no, it, it wasn't that serious, but <laughs> no, you take a look at take a look Brent. at that finger. Oh, dude, that doesn't look <laughs> he, very he good. Had a, he had a tough day. Yeah, I had a rough morning. So yeah, Joe Joe kind of yeah. came to my rescue yeah, for a tough day. for a period. <laughs> he had a tough day. That's one way of putting it. So if, if I'd have realized that was Joe, uh, uh, we, we'd have had a the conversation would have taken a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe that was Joe. I know he made one of those. He started off the whole trend of the laser style. Uh, laser etched cut style toppers like that. So most of mine, I try to stay away from what he does just to not step on his toes, and he kind of stays away from what I do. We're actually good friends, and we actually collaborate on what we're building and working on so we don't make the same style topper for the same machine and kind of double up. So, yeah, he's, he's a good guy to work with and know. So are you doing the Roadshow topper that you showed me? Is that the only... Interactive, or do you have other interactive toppers? No, I have other interactive toppers. Like I said, if you go, to, if you're able to go to the website, you can actually click on the toppers and see video previews of each one and how they interact and stuff like that. Well, we'll have to, uh, uh, we'll, we'll have to take a closer look. So to be honest with you, I'm a, since we've we've kind of had Whitney in and out on this Skype session. Um, I don't know if you heard earlier, uh, uh, David. He wasn't actually able to make the trip up to Cincinnati with me today. So. Um, but we're breaking new ground with the Skype, and our internet connection isn't exactly the best. Okay. So yeah, I <laughs> don't no want to. Yeah, I don't want to dominate. Uh, I don't want to dominate what little bandwidth I've got because now let's see. We're streaming this. We've skyped Whitney in, and then they're also streaming uh, Estel's. Uh, what Estel's doing? His world record attempt Correct. and his marathon over here. So. We're kind of dominating. We're, we're taking all that Kerry has to offer in terms of internet connectivity. Here is, and it's, it's just a picture. It's kind of hard to see, but that's for the Congo. Oh, wow. That's one I did for Congo. It's it, a little more colorful, and it's interactive. In the middle, you can't see anything, but as soon as you, um, there's a mode in the game called uh, Battle. It's the White Gorilla. Mm-hmm. And when you get into that mode, the centerpiece lights up, and it's actually a picture of the White Gorilla coming at you. I can see if I can find you a picture so of that. So whatever, I know no one can see this, but. Um, you know, it looks to be a full width uh, topper. What probably yeah. what eight inches tall, and then typically eight inches because you start pushing the ceiling heights. Yeah, exactly. In people's rooms and stuff like that. So you don't want to go any higher than eight inches. And, and the width can be anywhere between, usually right around seventeen, eighteen to twenty somewhere. Now in there. on the outer edges of that, I could actually see it was like trees to go. I guess along with the the rest of the theme of the pin. Correct. Are those? Yeah. How did you get the coloration in there? It's printed. Oh, it's printed right yeah. on the plastic. Right yeah. on the. It's printed on. There's there's hard to to make out but there's several layers of plexiglass there one that has the printed artwork on it and then another layer that has some diamonds etched on it and another layer that has the gorilla and stuff like that so while you're looking uh john took a run over back by estel give us an update did you check on estel yeah we're about two hours from the world record so he's probably setting at what 42 43 40, 43 minutes? yeah 43 um and uh well he's three million yeah, three million away so What's his uh, What's his life count? Did you notice? He's like 106, so he'll have about 160 lives. I'm guessing by the time he hits the record, so he'll be able to take a he'll be able to take a you know hour, 40 minute 50 minute break if he wants. Yeah. Wow. Um, is he gonna Is he gonna capitalize on his breaks or is he discussing? Yeah, that I, th- I think at the uh, well, <laughs> well, his w- his wife's pushing for him to beat the record, then go home. <laughs> <laughs> She run out of steam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not sure what the master plan is going to be. Well, she's got it. I mean, 
I've seen a I've seen a rather nice looking air mattress floating around yeah. here. It's not like it's <laughs> hey, you know. I'm down. I mean, he looks good. I think. I mean, I think he can go for for a while. So we'll see. Well, last night when I when uh, uh she looks, she looks cheerful, but I don't know if she's happy. <laughs> <laughs> she might be a little worn. So what what I, machines? I, I'm glad you I'm glad you identified the distinction there, Brent, because they are not the same. Yes, <laughs> I actually want to uh, want to show you one other product okay. that we have done, which you may have very well seen at a lot of the conventions. Have you ever seen the speaker light up kits on the pen? Oh yes, machines? absolutely. We actually invented those and started those about oh. two and a half years ago. Oh, so what I'm looking at right now is a uh, uh, a speaker panel mod for a for a Star Trek. Yeah, the new Star Trek. We actually make the plexiglass inserts for the design on the speakers as well as the lights that go into the speakers themselves. I wish I had some better examples to show you, but yeah, that's the only one I seem to be able to find. But yeah, we started making those and we sell those. God, by the hundreds, it's insane. Right, are you the? Do you also make the one for Creature for the Black Lagoon? For the nope, that's a little different because that's more customized towards that particular okay uh, speaker panel there where it's got light for the the headlights and yeah that's ex that's extremely gotcha unique one there that somebody else does. So what machines what what machines do you have specific products for? Well, the speaker light up kits work for every single Stern machine out there on the market. Okay, so we have those completely covered as well as. Um, all the artwork that goes with those speaker inserts. Um, let me show you a recent one we did for ACDC here. So well, let's let's talk toppers for a second. What do you have? Uh, let's see. What what are you asking, Whitney? Board interfacing. Uh, oh, asking about like interfacing with the uh, uh, with the machines. Are How you, it ties into the machine? Yeah. A lot of times I take the simplest approach. Yeah, that, that was. Um, a lot of times I take the simplest approach for the interactive part. Uh, find a solenoid that only fires during multiball or find a motor mechanism that only runs during you know that particular cycle and then just tie into its ground or something of that nature so when it fires it fires off your topper and you and you know, in sync with it that's usually the easiest way to do it and pretty much every pinball machine has some kind of specific light that only lights up when you get to this mode or you know only runs when when you achieve this mm -hmm. so you just tie into those functions it saves you a lot of headache of trying to actually tie into the boards you know Literally, because yeah, you can't get into the software. I know, John. I've I've seen people kind of have that discussion on the on the arcade side. You know, I, I want a LED light in my cab. I want to do this. I've seen Tron come up because you've got those light panels that are sort of semi-open in the front and the ability to get into that that joystick. And that's the same thing. Since since it's all basically in software, unless you want to get in in the software in the code and find some way to trigger some right. external. Yeah. yeah, you're not doing anything cool like that. I think with an arcade game that I can think of. Maybe Cubert. Yeah, you must be reading my mind. I was thinking the same thing because the knocker. The knocker. Know, yeah, yeah, tie yeah. into that knocker. That's for, that's really the only one that came to my mind when I yeah, thought about arcade as well. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you can light the buttons up because I, I my my uh, secondary armor attack that I have I've put into translucent green buttons and mm -hmm. I got the I got an LED strip and I'm making a basically a cover to go underneath the lights so that light is 100 percent hitting the buttons just so the buttons yeah. light up. Well, Spy but, yeah, Hunter. You can do stuff like that, you know. I was playing some Spy Hunter back there and uh, you know when the truck comes out to pick you up pick your car up, I noticed a little truck light. There's some lights along the panels right there that mm -hmm. only activate at certain times in the game. You could tie in you know, a few okay, functions yeah. like that. You could look for you know, machines that have identifying lights you know, like yeah, that and tie in. Yeah, afterburner that, that has the, the Same thing, the lock-on. Yeah. 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 Well, there's a couple opportunities. That's a beautiful afterburner back there. I used to own it. <laughs> oh, is that? <laughs> I say, there's a couple opportunities in the video world where you've got some kind of external signaling. You know, it, in, in the pinball world, um, I, I've kind of looked at that myself, just do you know, 
I can go out and buy a kit to do some of the under cabinet lighting or, you know, just as you mentioned, David, track back and say, okay, well, I want to do LEDs and I, I know that these this this flasher fires when this happens that's, and you yeah. just track it right back out of the out of the that's head. That's the most popular tie-in is flashers when it comes to like under cabinet LED kits and things like that. They just mm-hmm. tie them into the flashers. And those under cabinet LEDs, you know, they're they're three color, you know, LED strips. So you can just tie red into red, green into green, blue into blue. So each time blue flashes, it goes blue, and that's pretty much what they do. And it's it's a nice effect. It really is. It's really weird. About five years ago, before that really got popular. I've got, I had a Star Trek Next Gen sitting at home, and I was telling my friend, I said, man, it'd be really cool if when you fight the Borg, because the whole play field pretty much goes black when you, when you get into the, the Borg multiball, and the only thing lit up is the blue Borg ship. And I said, wouldn't it be cool if everything went black except the blue Borg ship and then that, you know, some lights underneath the glow? And when we just kind of kicked it around, and then like a year and a half later, these under-cabinet light under kits cabinet start light coming out. <laughs> and I'm like, man, why didn't I roll with that? <laughs> I was thinking about... A, um, I've seen some of them that I thought, quote unquote, just on the surface, you know, watching someone play in, you know, 10, 8 foot behind them that was really tied to the game function. I know um, on the Tron pinball side, if Whitney can still hear us, I know he can jump in with this. On the, were, were there three versions of that? Was there a pro, an, a premium, and an LE? Uh, on the upper end version, the LE, they had. Uh, like a like a fiber optic track or whatever trace that would run the ramps, and there was a controller under the under the board under the under the playfield, and then certain places in the game the color would go to match the rest of the game. So our Skype is still wigging out, and somebody came back around and uh, kind of reverse engineered that in their with their with their own tool sets, so that you if you had a pro or a premium you could you could get that same effect but they had to have a controller and it had to say okay well the game is in this mode and it's doing this and had to interpret things from other locations in the game to figure out what what color to make the ramps so i I was thinking well i could do the same thing i could i could find hard triggers out of the out of the various boards in the head that trigger things on the play field and you know, get an Arduino or something, and and code something up, or a Raspberry Pi, or however I needed to do it in terms of inputs and outputs. And then I stepped back and realized, stepped back and realized that the majority of it was just kind of watching what the flashers did, and almost kind of hardwired. Not to downplay it. No, I mean, no, because it it's, it's just that simple. Yeah, it's just on. Like if I wanted to add some lighting effects, it when you get into tying lighting effects into toppers and, and other things and. Uh, uh, some playfield animation and, and a lot of the other type mods. It's way more in depth than just some idiot from Kentucky stringing lights on them. Yeah. <laughs> I have a Christmas lights on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, now the the uh, now what's what's your company's name again? It's pinballtoppers.com. So d- did you before you started it? Were you a big pinball guy and started kind of making some homemade toppers it's, and said, "Hey, I see a market for this"? Or how, see, how, how do you go from being, "Hey, I work at McDonald's," to not saying you worked at McDonald's, but you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, "Hey, I'm doing this," and geez, think I'll just start making pinball toppers. I was kind of hoping I get to tell that story. So hey, I'm glad see, you asked. Okay. See, that, that's why Whitney, that, that's why I'm taking Whitney's job. I'm I'm, I'm segueing right into these <laughs> conversations. Poor, poor, Whitney's having a fit. His, everybody can hear the Skype coming in and out, and I'm getting little bits of uh, I am, like he said. Uh, uh, Ellie had the fiber optic ramps. He's correcting me here. He's scolding <laughs> yeah, me. Rightfully well, so, he's scolding me in, in text in Skype. But, yeah, and the, he said the pro didn't have it. Well, so. I'm directly yeah, responsible yeah. for his stream cutting out, too, by the way. I got, I got to get as much <laughs> mic time as I can here. 
All right, so how'd you get here? All right, well, I got here first with the arcade machines, collected those for a while, picked up a couple pinball machines, and basically had both. And I was just a collector, having fun playing my games and kind of doing that number. Uh, I picked up a nice uh, roadshow pinball machine one day. Um, Another friend of mine had on his roadshow one of those if you've ever driven on the road at night and you see like there's a road closed ahead and it's got a little orange flashing thing with a battery in it you've all seen those across the yeah the like a, like, a, like the horse yeah. little yeah yeah, yeah. The, the horse, with horse the, with it's the, just yeah. a little orange flashing and he had yeah. it sitting on top of it i was like you know I, I wanted to get one of those for my for mine so i drove around looking for one <laughs> wait <laughs> under the cover of night <laughs> pretty much because i could see them flashing <laughs> yeah they don't hide real well do they <laughs> and, and i couldn't find one now, so. what's where are you from again <laughs> Uh, that's I like I like your style. So <laughs> I couldn't find it, so I went back home and said, "Well, I'm just gonna make make something." So I started toying around, figuring out, uh, you know, it's just just an orange light. So I got online, I found an orange rotating amber light, and picked that up. And then I thought, oh, you know what, it would be even cooler is if I could tie that into the machine, so it did something instead of just constantly rotating. I'd be annoying. So then I started just kind of looking at things, and I noticed the jaw going up and down during multi ball. So that's just kind of how it started. Was you know, let's just simply plug it into that motor and see if I can relay it up to the light and see what happens. And it actually took me quite a while to to, to get it figured out, the timing on it. It's hard to explain all of the There's a relay motor in there with a little timing circuit on it and stuff like that. And But then I got, got to thinking, it'd be cooler if I had two lights. <laughs> it'd be cool if I had a sign in the middle. It'd be cool if I did this. So I just started kind of going over the top with it. And then I made one. And then a friend of mine seen it, and he's like, man, that's really neat. You should show that off. You know, put it online. So I put it out there on, you know, the pen side, which is a very popular pinball forum. Hey, anybody interested in this, you know, I might start a sign-up list if I get enough interested in it. Within the first year, I've sold like 150 of those things. <laughs> so I was like, there's interest. So that's kind of what kicked it off was the roadshow. And after I built the roadshow, someone asked, hey, you going to build any more? So I said, well, we'll see what comes next. And I can't remember what the second one was, but I built another one. It did well. And then people started requesting them, hey, can you build me one for this topper with this machine, this machine? So it just kind of snowballed at that point. Now, now is your previous job? Uh, it's IT related. And, oh, okay. Oh, that, yeah. is, that, is that like this? That's like the standard answer, I, I think, think from everybody yeah. who's <laughs> into this hobby. It's like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been IT related. So is this, is this oh, I was going to say, is the, pin, is the pinball toppers, the game toppers, is that a full-time or is it still kind of a? It started as a hobby, but it has become a full-time. There's no doubt about it. It's. Do you still do both? happy with do it? But it is. I mean, do you, do you still do the yeah. IT? Oh yeah. Okay, so so you haven't you haven't totally ditched that for the toppers? Uh, no, and I don't think I ever will, just because the comfort level, you know, of having a full time job at a company it's, and stuff like that. I've been there going on six, seven years yeah, now. Yeah, so if you can do both, why not? You right. Know, it's, it's just so when you showed me the picture of the Congo topper, there were several in the background. Are, are you? kind of pass build the order it's, it looks like you're actually trying to build a little inventory or uh no i'm actually behind right now if you were to go to my site and look at stuff you're going to go there's nothing to buy it all says sold out because honestly i, I oh okay I can't keep up i got gotcha. you i get emails all the time hey when you going to build more of these when you going to build more of those and right now i'm like 40 something plus in the hole on roadshow toppers and i'm trying to build and get out oh, the wow. door do you do it all yourself so, or do you have some guys helping you out i started with a partnership a friend of mine um he was more or less just kind of hired help. But yeah, I pretty much do it all myself. Whitney may be looking uh, for another job. But yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> his stock's going down <laughs> quick here. So, and, and, and I, I can't no, say this, this looks like fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's it took on a a world of its own. There's no doubt about that. So yeah, my home, I've got a room that looks like an assembly line set up. You know, I've pretty much closed down a good quarter of my house just for assembling and building this stuff. But I don't know. No, that's cool. That's it's a lot of work, that's for sure. But 
Well, I, I enjoy it. It's, I mean, it's got to be super cool, though, to see, like, I'm sure you've come across pictures or maybe oh, pins yeah. that, that have your toppers on them that you're I've, like, I've you seen know. that. I've also seen clones of them being made where people. <laughs> oh, you're kidding me. Where people are cloning the makes, especially the Roadshow. I've seen people cloning that one, and uh, a lot of the Speaker Light Kit stuff got cloned. A lot of different people are, are now selling those. So. See, I see you've got. That's got to be not so cool. <laughs> uh, what can you do? I yeah, mean, exactly. We yeah, looked into getting patents and whatnot for them. At the, it's just cost you more to money to fight it, too. Yeah, than it the, is. And in a way, they say, what is it? What's that? What's that old term of uh, imitation? Is the yeah, sincere, form of flattery or something of flattery. like that? And, and, you know, I you don't really, know. When you're on that end of it, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> well, you really hope, I guess, in my opinion, that you know people would know that that you're the guy that innovated and started with it and, and stick with you. You know, and that that, that I mean that's that's kind of how I it is. work. I, what I do, I you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go get a clone if I know there's a guy like you out there that's done it, started it, and you know. Yeah, our vendors. So hopefully, everybody couple. else will follow that kind of. We have several resellers, or I do, that, that resell our product, and that's what they – we've had a couple of them actually contact us and say, hey, we've been contacted by this guy trying to sell us the same thing you are. We just want to let you know. So it is kind of a – Are they trying to undercut you? Are they undercutting you by a lot, or are they um, – From what I gather, no. I can't get those specifics. Yeah, they won't so. tell me. They just say, I just want to let you know, you know, we're still buying your product, but I just want you to let you know that somebody There's out there somebody is There's somebody out here you. playing yeah. kind of – Right. So, I mean, that's cool that they do that. You know, it's cool that the people – in this market kind of have each other's backs i mean you make you make me think of a um several years ago there was a gentleman by the, he, he went by race jace out in uh, uh one of the car communities that that i frequented at the time and it was turbo buick v6 stuff it was grand, buick grand nationals if you if you've ever seen one of those cars and long time ago a long time ago he put a lot of effort into um designing a plate that would go in the in the intake manifold between the throttle body and the intake and it had to do with uh working through some of the the fueling and the airflow issues that the intake just naturally had and it was a huge i mean it's just a simple little plate he'd, he'd laser cut it out of aluminum and you and he he didn't sell his first couple units and the first few of them went down the track and then somebody took it and traced it and started making them and it just i mean in the community it's like this community it's not it's not that big of a community. So, you know, word kind of comes back around. Right, like, you right. you know, you had some pretty cool vendors that said, hey, man, you know, David, I, we've got some people kind of doing this. And, you know, I'm with you, John. I've, it, I've done that in the past. I'll go back to the source. You know, I, if, if for anything, you know where the build quality's at, you know where the time is at, you know where the, someone's put all that effort into it, and, and he'll get my money or she'll yeah, get my oh, money. Oh, yeah, for support sure. Them, yeah. So it I looks think like we all try to do that. I see uh, Red and Ted's Roadshow. This is on the topper side. Lethal Weapon 3. Okay, I got, I got to see this Roadshow topper you guys keep talking about here. Um, it actually, Go ahead and show me a picture of it, David. Johnny Mnemonic. I like the Jurassic Park. It looks just like the uh, mm-hmm. the gates from you know the Jurassic Park movie. I have a friend of mine who is an amazing creative individual. We'll just say that. And he came up with that idea for that. I don't know. I hear something. Yeah, what is that? I, I feel like hitting the deck oh, here. I think that's armor attack. I think someone's starting no, to play armor. Is that the armor no, attack? No, you, you didn't see me twitch, so that wasn't armor attack. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I thought I was about to hit the floor and take cover. <laughs> what that was. Um, you got a shootout going back there? Well, no, I lost my train of thought. What was we talking about? Oh, I was telling you about the uh, the road show. I was showing him that road show. There, I was talk- we were talking oh, yeah, about the Jurassic Park. Yeah, I have a guy that cuts my plexiglass for me and stuff, and he's very artistic. Um, and he 
I told him my idea for the, the Jurassic Park and told him what I wanted and everything. And uh, he had some terrific ideas for that. That guy is very creative. And that is made of floor tile, of all things. I wish I would I could have brought you one and showed it to you. You would not know it. It's you made know. of floor tile. I'm sitting here saying it's made of floor tile. And people are going, what? But I'm telling you, it's beautiful. The thing is absolutely beautiful. John's running over right now to check on uh, on Estel. Uh, the noise we heard, uh, hopefully he's not been taken out by sniper fire. That's, that's what it sounded yeah. like. We all stopped and froze and looked around. Well, you know, I have to I have to ask Carrie later. I was listening to the – and watching the live stream from, from Estel, you know, last night, and probably about between 10 to midnight or so, and it sounded like they were – there was construction going on. I swear it sounded like a power drill, and it sounded like – sit down, get down on that mic real quick, uh, uh, Carrie. While John, John jumped up, and we'll put Carrie on. Now, don't put the put the put the headset on. Now, don't readjust the mic because John is very particular. Okay, can you? Are you there? Yeah. Don't 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 mess with the mic adjustment. We don't want to get John out of sorts. What was what was going on last night? I was listening to the live stream uh, around ten o'clock, eleven around that range, and it sounded like I was hearing uh, hearing a circular saw and a drill. And were, were you building something? No, um, there was get a, into the mic. You gotta love the mic. There was a guy back there uh, putting new drop targets in the lethal weapon. With what? Uh, he he was trying to remove the little rivets or something, and he oh. had a Dremel. No, oh, that was more than a Dremel. Uh, he had a Dremel was back he, there. And was he had he, a hammer. Was Estel holding the holding one side of it to stabilize it for him? No, I thought no, he was making all kinds of racket. I was I didn't know what it was either until I walked back there. Did you say it was a lethal weapon? Yeah, lethal weapon. Three. I think uh, this. I think I think David has a topper for that, doesn't he? Uh, interesting thing. I was back there playing his lethal weapon, and the uh, got to the multi ball, and then the topper went off. I looked up and I saw the double lights up there, and I immediately went, "Hey, that's my topper." And then I then I looked at the machine and went, "That looks like my old machine because I used <laughs> used to have it." And but I stopped playing. I went up and looked at it. Um, and it's not my topper. What he did is took the double lights similar to mine and stuff okay. them up there. And when I was talking to Carrie about it, Carrie said, yeah, he, he saw those on your site and thought those were really awesome. And he's seen other stuff that you've done. And it turns out I know the guy. He's part of the community around here. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm cool with it. You know, I know so the he, guy. So he kind of made his own. He rolled yeah, his own. so he kind of emulated it again. You know, like we were talking about earlier, he kind of, not in a bad way. Like I said, I know the guy. I'm friends with him. And he just, he liked what I did. And he wanted it for your guys to show this weekend. So he put that up there. I was like, well, that's really cool. But that's a good example of what my lethal weapon would look like. I'm going to have to, um, I'm not sure that, Whitney, have you taken, are, are you still with us, Whitney? I know you've been in and out. I am, yes. Have, uh, I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to keep quiet just due to the bandwidth issues, so. I'm not sure, uh, um, you know, we love to beta test on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure, I'm just looking, I don't have a pen, unfortunately, for any of you, but I don't know, the speaker light kits, let me take, I have to take a look at those. You say that'll work with, what? Any Stern? Any Stern machines and Data East, a lot of the Data East, not all of them, but the majority of them. Okay. We have kits for both of those. Now, that might be something that I can kind of get into. Yeah, I am I am a sucker for this kind of stuff, admittedly. Oh, yeah. And now now that I see where they can be bought at, I, I can see this making its way onto a few of my Stern machines yeah. for the speaker light kits. Th- those things are beautiful. I, I've seen them out at, at expos and I always wonder where where people have gotten those because they're they're just they, they just complete the look of the machine. Yeah. So I in looking over your site I would say job well done. I'll I'll definitely place an order for a couple of these. Yep. We uh like I said, me and my friend we came up with that idea for the speaker light kits and Took them to the Expo 2003 years ago, four years ago, 
And uh, you said you you know Phoebe. Yes, uh, we know Phoebe. Yep. Okay, she Phoebe's displayed them on her machine. Yeah, I'm, she lives right out there where I live. Oh, out, okay. Yep. Williamsburg. So I stopped by her house and set some up, and she took them to Expo. We went up to Expo that 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 year, and man, they're beautiful. They were. They're really nice. We got a lot of good compliments. Even Steve Ritchie came up to us. Um, which machine do we have them on? One of his machines. Uh, the Spider Man. We had that on the Spider Man. Oh, was that Phoebe Spider Man? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We had that okay. on Spider Man. He even came up to it and said that was one of the, the coolest mods that he had seen so far at any of the shows. And then they just took off after that. Like I said, they just went crazy, which I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that they went real went over well. But well, crazy I, idea, but it worked. Well, I, the uh, yeah, I'm kind of with Whitney. I haven't done it a lot myself, but I, I I generally on the pinball side I haven't done it a lot, but I I generally do not leave well enough alone. I, I'm I'm known for fixing what's not broken, so to speak, and I haven't gotten to the point just mainly, in all honesty, because of time to start doing some modifications. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and money. I mean, it's not it's not always cheap either. Some of this stuff's pretty expensive. You know, I've looked at some of the like you know I'd mentioned to you the under cabinet uh, under cabinet lighting, and you know it's at that point now where do I want to do I want to monkey around and sort it all out myself and get my own materials and do all, or just buy a kit. You know, yeah, the kits aren't too bad. So I mean, those uh, are getting cheaper because more people are cloning those and realizing that they're not terribly expensive in parts. It just takes time to put them together. Mm -hmm. So now something else I do. (laughs) (laughs) We turned this into a commercial. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, if you're on the site and you're looking, you're going to see the few other things that that I've done there. Are the Williams speaker acrylic covers that I do? The Williams speaker acrylic. I want to pull up. There's a picture okay. of like the medieval medieval madness and stuff like that. So basically, just little artwork decorations. Yeah. So basic. Okay, I got you. So they go over the uh, um, uh, they're, they're speaker covers. That's yeah, all they are. You yeah, they're just sum it up right there. No lights. No nothing fancy. They're just decorating pieces. And we've we've sold a ton of those uh, medieval madness. Or is medieval the only one you're doing right now? No, I mean if you can scroll up and down oh, on that page, you'll see a few others. Uh, I had a request for a Doctor Who from a, a lady over in Europe. And uh, I said, yeah, okay, give me some time to work on it. And uh, I told her I'd get it made. And two years later, I got it finished. <laughs> just got it out there about a month ago for her, and it was just a custom job. It wasn't anything serious. It was just, a, you know, I'll get it to you when I can. And she was very relaxed about it and cool. So when I got it done, I stuck it out there, and phew, I don't know. I couldn't tell you how many of the things I've sold. I, I didn't know say, Doctor Who was that popular. Well, Doctor Who, Who is huge. Uh, I I'm, have not been a Doctor Who fan, but um, I, I know – it seems like every other person I know is, and, and to be honest with you, being a sci-fi fan growing up, I'm not sure how I missed the whole Doctor Doctor Same Who here. kind of train. But um, it, I would have thought that that would have sold like gangbusters as soon as you as soon as you kicked them uh, yeah, out. Yeah, see, I need to broaden my my mind a little bit and think about stuff like that, kind of outside the box when it comes to just because I don't like it. You know, other people may yeah. like it. You know, I knew Doctor Who was big. I mean, you know, the shows. There's so many different ones and. I'm like you. I, sci-fi, how'd I miss it? Now, I did watch one particular season, and I can't even remember Whitney what season. Apparently, Whitney, Whitney's trying to console us through Skype to, uh, uh, instant message. She said, don't feel bad. I totally miss Doctor Who as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the uh, I noticed your list of pins. You've got some uh, – has this just been kind of what, – what has driven it? Has it been as much request? Is it has been – just what you've had because uh, I'm kind of surprised request. what's not there request usually it's hard for me to build some of the interactive ones because I don't have the machines yeah 
Um, some of those I have built without having the machines. Congo, I didn't own that machine. I, Phoebe does. So I had the you had luxury of being it. able to access hers to work with it. Um, Johnny Mnemonic, I didn't have that machine. I actually borrowed that. That was a request topper. A guy from Louisville wanted it done. And I was like, great. I don't have the machine, though. And he's like, well, here, take mine. And he literally loaned me his machine probably six months. I had that machine to work on that topper. He knew that I just lived a busy lifestyle and everything I was working on. And I told him it would be a while. But, yeah, he literally just loaned me his machine for six months to build that topper. Um, I, I, pardon yeah, me. So yeah, I know Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic's got uh, – I've not – been fortunate enough to play it. I know a lot of people have talked about it, and I understand that it's just a wonderful game. It's a great game, but you just don't see a lot of them. And you know, Jurassic Park. I know a few people have Jurassic Parks. Um, the Lethal Wet. You've got a couple Lethal Weapon threes, and then you hit Roadshow, which is it's pretty popular. There's quite a few of them. Um, have you thought of doing something with uh, like Adam's Family or? Well, Adam's Family has a yeah, it has a topper. It has it a does. manufactured topper. Anybody that owns one, they're going to want to have the original topper. They're not going to want to replace it. The only reason I really did Jurassic Park was um, it miss it's missing its topper on a lot of machines. Even though it did come from the manufacturer with one, a lot of people are missing theirs just because operators had removed them. You know, a lot of times for space issues and things like that, they just remove the toppers and they got lost. A lot of people are just looking for something to replace mm-hmm. it. Uh, and a lot of the more popular machines, which I was, I figured that you would say, you know, like Twilight Zone, stuff like that, yeah. they're already made. There's lots of, Joe's got a lot of different toppers out there for stuff like that. Well, I'm thinking um, like, you know, Adams comes to mind. I know it's got the manufacturer topper, but they're, you know, they're always cracked. They're always broken. And, you know, it's it's a factory type of a thing. There's always room to improve that. I've got an Adams. It, oh, if so I, that's why yeah, you're hitting around. <laughs> if, if, if I had the opportunity to pull that and put something at a reasonable price that was a little cooler and a little bit more eye-catching, I'd do it in a heartbeat. That's a pretty nice one already. You it know? really is. So I do like that one, the one that's on there, but it'd be tough to compete with the manufacturer on that one. It's Yeah, you know, and I look at it that, you know, my, I, it's, I've got a few, and I'm sure it's real common from just having – the, the the age in the machine and you know the screw holes get broken out over time and you know in a home in a home situation you're you're kind of good to go it'll stay pretty stable but right I've it's never per- personally wowed me so <laughs> that's why it kind of jumped out at me but yeah and that's kind of what happened with the Jurassic Park was like I said they were missing and some people just like mine's a little shorter they don't they don't have the headroom to put the manufacturer topper on there because it's too tall. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a really tall topper, so that's kind of what mine caters to. And that's the Lethal Weapon was kind of the similar idea frame with that was a lot of the Lethal Weapon toppers were missing or busted. I get a lot of requests for high speed. I mean, it's a single rotating red topper. Yeah. I just have not been able to get my hands on the machine to kind of work with it. Well, I know um, I know two people that happen to have one, and two of those people or are on this particular podcast <laughs> right now one of them's not john salter no john does not have a high speed i don't know what that is <laughs> <laughs> whitney is that, is that the name i'm gonna go ahead and speak for brent and say sign us up yeah I <laughs> whitney i i know that you'll get this and i'm going back to atlanta just the uh the the cut Right, like right down the line of the arcade guys and the pinball guys at times is just is just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I do not know what that is. I love them both, and, and that brings 
a question that I'd like to ask. You know, what what would be great arcade machines to look into for building toppers? Like I said, I'm working on the, the, I, the Donkey got, Kong. I'm doing one for ice cold beer just because I love that machine. But uh, I've got the ultimate. Okay. A, a punch out one that when you hit the the super punch button, like a glove or something on top lights up or something. You cool could like do that. that. That's a great. Oh, that idea. would be cool. That is a great idea. I, mean, I think that would you're, be you're, sweet. You're tying into. A, yeah, exactly. A button it, it, function. So. Yes. I think and it ain't be, like you sit there and pound the button the whole time. So exactly. You, that'd be really cool. Maybe can, now, do, you, do you have any that do sound effects or is it strictly You lights? can do that. Well, I haven't done any with sound effects yet. Thought about it. Um, thought about some sound activated ones as well, but uh, haven't done any with sound effects. I've even looked into you know LCD screens and things like that. How cool would it be you hit the, you hit the super punch button on punch out and a light and like, like a crowd cheer or something, you know? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be kind of neat. In terms of other games, you know, You've always got Pac-Man. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a big draw, but, I mean, it could kind of be overdone, in my opinion. I mean, there's so much Pac-Man stuff out there already. If you're wanting to kind of get into that, uh, but there are people, there are collectors that that's their, their passion game. You know, right. a lot of the collectors tend to, to always have a Pac-Man, but then there's rare, hard, harder to find, more unique games in their collection. Right. Star Wars... I'm looking at the Star Wars. That would be, uh, you know, you could, other than you, now you've got licensing and all that. I don't know how that, because everything you've got thus far is of your own design. Yeah, you, you try to stay away from it just, yeah. you know, just because. You know. Yeah. I know some of the speaker light kit acrylics that we made, they step on the toes. There's no doubt about it. I'm not going to say that, but we, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, the toppers, I just try to stay away from it. Um, the Jurassic Park is pretty close to, you know, emulating it, unfortunately, but... What do you do? Yeah. Do, do they I mean, do all your toppers involve some type of flashing lights? Are there any that are just I started a sign? off that way and you know that's that was the interactive side that I started with and and a lot of people love that. Um, but then just kind of watching feedback for other people's toppers. Everybody that sells toppers, the price range was just going up and up and up, you know, 160 to $200 range and you know people were like, "Gosh, these things are so expensive." So then I got to thinking, well, I'm just going to make a static sign. 79 bucks, Jurassic Park. That's all it is, a static sign. And it looks great. And people like it. And the lethal weapon, it's like 35 bucks for just a single rotating light. Or you can get the double. I think the double's 99 or whatever it is. But, yeah, I started making some cheaper ones just to kind of, like you said, fill in those gaps. That way there's something for everybody. You know, you could even put an interactive. I would think that. Oh, sorry. Oh, so you can do an interactive on, a, on an arcade game if you're getting into just, hey, if you're looking for a ground. Because that's all. Every game that I can think of, and as soon as I say this, I'm going to be wrong. But when you're when you're actuating a joystick or you're actuating a button, you're just driving something to ground. Bingo. You know, so you can find a ground in the in the trigger on a on a Tron stick, and you know you could, sure. you could ha- have some LEDs and whatever your topper is, and bam, 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 every time the stick's pulled. I mean, Absolutely. That, that's on Gorf. Have uh, you ever played Gorf, John? Yeah. That's basically wink wink there's some logic in there but that's basically if it's running correctly there's a light in that stick and it it stays on and they they invert they think they flip it off when you fire so i mean it's kind of what they're doing it logic but kind of the same right and that's that's just like tying into a flash on a pinball machine yeah bang 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 every time it goes off same way john i saw you run were you gonna say something that i had a question for you and then we're in it a little bit, and uh, I think we're about ready to close the episode out. Okay. So uh, you, were you going to ask something? 
Yeah, but I totally forgot what it was. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that punch out idea. I really do. Yeah, I was thinking about that after we were talking about it. I was like, that'd be really cool. That, that, that was I was trying to think of a game that had a button or something that wasn't used that often. I was like, man, punch out would be really cool. Whitney says destroy the Death Star and have a huge light show. <laughs> oh, 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 he brought back up the Qbert knocker. Yeah. And um, for, for those that know me, kind of my personal life, I tend to like to play a lot of little practical jokes. And there's things like in my game room that, that people have been in my game room know about, but new people, I enjoy kind of springing it on them. And, you know, that's that's where I'm going to leave it. So, if, John, if you ever make it to my house, you just you just may want to watch your back. <laughs> but uh, now I'm intrigued now. I'm definitely going to have to come over. You know, I'm thinking about now uh, uh, what I could do with the Qbert knocker so that does just a little bit more than maybe not. <laughs> Will a sledgehammer whack someone in the kneecaps? No, I'm or thinking like send 110 volts through yeah. all the metal on the on cabinet. The <laughs> oh, that kind of reminds me of a machine I had that would do that to yeah. you. I had a uh, 1976 stunt cycle that would do that oh, to you. Man. Oh, I love that game. So, John, uh, w- when you jumped up, did you checked in on Estel. What's what's going on? We I, I, I think we're right around quarter to five, right around that area. He'll be uh, crossing over to the world record side of the fence so right now we're at uh just at just after 3 30 so uh um about another hour or so yeah hour and 45 so hour, yeah hour and a half i think just to set it safe i'd say an hour and a half he'll be there so we don't miss it <laughs> does oh <laughs> you had an invitation to come over to whitney's house john i'm not exactly sure w- what that entails <laughs> if he, once he gets the internet ironed out there i might stop over <laughs> <laughs> we fought it a couple. No, I'd love to come over. I mean, you guys sound like you have some pretty nice setups there. So, Whitney, Whitney is still um, uh, constructing his game room. He's uh, he's a little farther behind than I was. We we both kind of basically rolled through our homes when I, I moved and remodeled, and then Whitney's home they moved into it some years ago. And correct me if I'm wrong anywhere in here, Whitney. Um, and he's going through and updating some things and then of course kind of lining his game room out so um, my game room is together other than anything kind of on the in and out like I've got some new new machines that have come in and some stuff you know so it's a little in disarray but all that said yeah we've we've kind of got our game rooms kind of together and and workable and you know where we could do something in like a social you know environment that that is until i i surprise the crap out of somebody and they run from the house yelling at me which which has been known to happen on occasion so all right uh with that i think we will go ahead and bring this live broadcast to a close and anybody out there that's listening whitney's told me that we've had uh, um, uh several people that have joined in on the live stream i would uh i would highly suggest that you run out and i think i got this right john it's twitch.tv slash dk underscore madness yep spelled correctly m-a-d-n-e-s-s yep dk underscore madness yes and you don't need an account on twitch tv if you fire up a browser uh, I know when I did it, I had, had to watch a little commercial, which is common anymore, like on YouTube or whatever. Had to watch a little commercial. That was the end of it. And uh, then it just jumps right into the stream. The stream is also carrying audio. So I think last night you were playing, you were, John, you were playing Estel's attorney. Yeah. And you were advising him through the evening. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I texted Carrie at some point and said, go tell Estel's attorney that I, everybody can hear out here just fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I don't think I said anything incriminating. No, no, no right. you didn't. You didn't. It was, all, it was all in good fun. You know, any, anymore when anybody's doing any of these world records or we're doing something like that, it's kind of ingrained in my brain to there's a, there's a, there's a block 
to block certain things that would normally come out of my mouth because <laughs> subliminally, it's I know there's always some camera on. One of the, there's something getting recorded. Yeah, yeah, and people but, are listening. Yeah, so. So um, with that, John, and I'm going to wave at Carrie as he's walking by on the phone. And uh, uh, we got Whitney. Whitney, are you still with us? I am, guys. Thank you for, uh, John, thank you for sitting in. It's great to hear about the pinball topper, uh, you know, the uh, the pinball toppers and the speaker light kits. I, yeah, it's good good info. So, yeah, well, that wasn't John, that was in. David. Let's just see how fast that, that punch out topper comes out now. We'll see if I get it or somebody else who's listening to this. Yeah, exactly. To the punch. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if no you, pun intended, if, but that was a great idea. If, if you come out with those, then I think I'll have to get a punch out. <laughs> Wait, that. I, so, hey, hey, David, I will tell you, I do have a punch out. I was going to say, I someone I know has a punch out. That was if you produced it. Yeah, okay. punch, punch out's on my list, too. That's, I, I, that's a well, game. I don't have any. The only Nintendo cab I have is the Donkey Kong, and I want something a little different, but another Nintendo cab. So. Oh, you should you should just make something on Donkey Kong that just, like, flashes just some ungodly bright light every time <laughs> the jump button's put. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I... I you probably should maybe take a look around, do some research, because there's got to be other games that have yeah. a button that's only used every now and again. You know, I'm sure there is. I mean, like hyper, I think of hyperspace on 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 a defender, defender, but no one ever uses it. Yeah, <laughs> I never use it. You've got. Uh, um, I'm just trying to think of some of the other popular games out there, and I'm just I'm looking over what Carrie's got. If you did something in, uh, for Mortal Kombat, oh, that's one of my favorite all time games. That, because you've got something that is that is that will fit. Uh, well, not physically fit, but a th- uh, uh, some kind of artwork or something that would fit all of the all of the different Mortal. Because what is there, four or five Mortal Kombat? Just something that's a basic, recognizable. I know that this is quote unquote Mortal Kombat. Right. I can't imagine that 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 wouldn't sell. Have you seen the Mortal Kombat 10 custom cab that guy's building? Mm-mm. Uh, I think it's on. I think it's on KLOV. He's got a thread started there. Uh, or Mortal Kombat 9 cabinet that he's recently built, and he's going to do an Injustice cabinet, basically using the Midway-style Mortal Kombat 2-style cabs, uh, putting the home versions of Injustice and the Mortal Kombat 9 in. I think those, those look beautiful. They really do. Oh, I have to look into those. I just I'm think Ed Boone needs to take a look at that and go, you know what, we, we might need to recreate <laughs> some of these arcade machines. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if it would be possible to make um, one of those a topper that's um, triggered by sound. Oh, yeah. Well, well, it's possible, but I guess, re- but you know, if you're in an it's arcade, it's difficult. You gotta, you, yeah. yeah, yeah. But if I mean, if you said it had a speaker inside that, that oh, you're talking about a, a sound from the game, exactly. But have the, they have the router speaker inside that's going to whatever mic's going to capture that, so you wouldn't get all that other sound around the outside, sure. and then boom, you know. I think uh, throwing stuff out there. I, <laughs> I, I think Whitney hit it. He said the super zapper on Tempest. The Super oh, Zapper. Super Zapper. Super oh, yeah. Have that, you ever yeah. played, you know, Tempest? I do. I haven't played it in oh, a while. Oh, the Super Zapper. Oh, yeah. there's one right yes. there. Yeah, that, I'm going to go over and play it here in a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. Super Zapper would be money. I, I would buy that one. I have a Tempest. <laughs> Can I put my order in right now? <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to start taking some lanes. <laughs> taking lists. So, that's Super, a great one right there. You hit the Super Zapper, and anything that's anything that's in the tube at that point in time, it kills. Yep. So it's like and you it's, can only it's like a smart bomb. And you can yeah. only yeah, and, and defender. It, it's not unlimited. You can only it charge it, it charges back up slowly, but a full charge you're only going to get pretty much once per board. So it's not something you're going to be hitting all the time. 
Gotcha. And that's what you want. You don't want overkill. Exactly. That would be perfect. And that would be like a, a like, you know, and, and if you play the game when it when it does the super zap on screen, you could definitely incorporate some cool light that would be that. Yeah. That would be really neat. Well, something like that, what I would do is you'd have something in the center in your top or already lit up, you know, just kind of small decoration already lit up. And then when you hit the super zap or you have everything around it, do something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That'd be really cool. That's a good one. So, John, you. Not quite as good as the punch out, but, you know, we'll, we'll give Whitney some points for it anyway. <laughs> John, you brought this full circle back into video games, which is awesome. All right. So, John, appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks David, for having me on. Great to meet you. You too, and, guys. Uh, um, uh, we'll we'll take a little closer look at some uh, some of your products, and uh, uh, I know I've got a couple of machines that would benefit like from from some of the speaker light mods and the like. So I'm gonna have to take a really close look at those. Of course, Carrie can't hear me, but we want to thank Carrie for hosting us here at uh, the. I just got the double thumbs up from the place Retro Arcade here in Cincinnati, Ohio. And again, I, I mentioned this coming kind of coming into the show. I really highly recommend anyone that makes it through Cincinnati. Uh, I don't know if you're close. Just if you're if you're nearby, if you're breezing through Dayton, which is not really real close, but you know, come on down, visit, uh, check the place out. There's a there's a wide selection of classic games to play, uh, a couple modern games, and of course the console stuff, which you know we, we j- we'll just talk about as existing and not necessarily uh, champion the, the playing of. But there are some consoles here as well. Uh, come in, check the place out, play some games, spend an afternoon, uh, great environment, great, uh, great folks, say hi to Carrie, and uh, uh, just have a good time. So with that, I think we will close out this session, and since Whitney isn't here to say it, I'll uh, go ahead and do the official, the official closeout, and everybody, game on. Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with, but I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash brokentokenblog. Britton and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes Store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes Store and on our Stitcher Radio page, as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token staff would like to extend a special thank you to the real vocal talent of the show, Christy Litzy. And that's me. Cha-ching! Music for the Broken Token Podcast provided by Kentucky native bluegrass musician Gary Brewer. Please visit brewgrass.com. That's B-R-E-W-G-R-A-S-S dot com for the latest information, show dates, and to purchase music.
I'd like to welcome everyone to this special episode of the Broken Token Podcast. This uh, episode was recorded live on June 28th at the Place Retro Arcade, uh, where Brent was uh, was on was manning the manning the board on his own that day, and uh, took the podcast on the road to record uh, to record uh, Stel Goffinet's uh, world record uh, world record set at Kicker. So, Brent, uh, won't you hop you over and tell much, us what you, you got? You pretty much just got the majority of oh, what I've bad. got. Okay, all right, my bad. Okay, let's let's wrap that and then I'll. Do it again. <laughs> it's hard to know where to stop. Yeah, just, you know. You know <laughs> I'm like, okay, go. Okay, Whitney, it was that. You know. All right. I had a couple show. more pieces, but you just took like the. There's the wind out of my sails. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, Whitney, it was all of that and then some. You know, <laughs> but mainly that. But, but by and large, it was just that. <laughs> Oh, I'm keeping this. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> By and large, it was that. <laughs> well, if you pull it all apart, there's nothing left. You yeah. know, it's one of those deals.